Live from San Jose, California, it is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your host, Damon Carter, aka Dim One, joined by my man Waldo. I mean Nate. How's it going, man? Where am I? No one knows. <laughs> uh, it's a question that's been asked many times throughout centuries. Uh, yeah. Historians have pondered. Uh, no, I'm good, dude. Um, I am excited to talk about some songs that we love. Um, I'm a little sad that we're not doing our normal year-end thing but circumstances are the circumstances and we'll get back to it sometime but it's as always good to see you guys and i'm excited to just uh, shine some light on some of the artists we've had a chance to get to know and some that we've never met and probably will never get that return email but it's all good absolutely um what's going on mr ma Hey, you guys. Good to be here. Good to be here in person as well, looking at your orange sweats, Damone. Um, it's a good thing you dressed up for the occasion. Um, having said that, yeah, just going through sort of today's agenda, um, really, really looking forward to talk about some of the things that we're excited about and that have given us excitement for a minute. Absolutely. So as, as Nate and Dave have alluded to, we are breaking our typical year in format. Um, of doing Quibble Jam. Quibble Jam will return if uh, Grand Theft Auto can take 13 years off. <laughs> we can we can take a little bit off of doing Quibble Jam, but we wanted to do something in commemoration of hip-hop's 50th anniversary, which has been a, a, a corporate um, fuckery thus far. But we wanted to do our take on it, so today we'll be doing DBRP 50, the 50 songs um that kind of define the dad bod rap pod aesthetic and, and we'll get into those in just a minute but it's not like we stopped listening to rap in 2023 there were definitely some albums that we were fucking with um and nate let's let's start with you when i think of nate i think of black feminist socialist um revolutionary screeds you and everybody else uh <laughs> yeah i i did enjoy uh no names record earlier this year uh, Sunflower? I we don't know. I'm looking around the room. <laughs> He's like, here's a record that I really enjoyed. Here's, here's the what record is it I really liked. Abort, um, abort. It was, um, you know, I, I didn't love her last record. I, I loved her first record. I loved I, the second one did, didn't hit for me. I loved that Lucy minute and a half song she did with Mad Lib mm. in 22, I believe. She's just so talented and has so much to say. And um, yeah, sundial. My sundial, bad. Sundial. My sundial. bad. Uh, okay. No name. No no memory. <laughs> uh, so uh, not dialed up. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, this album was kind of a return to form, and like we're seeing what her as this like more revolutionary. In her first one, she's almost like a bohemian. Okay. Like she was yeah. like uh, no name gypsy, I believe was her name at first. Like she yep. was just more like she was super young, and so much exciting stuff was happening in Chicago at that time. Saba and Chance and all just all that stuff was cracking. And now she's a grown grown person. She lives in L.A. She has Jay Electronica's phone number. Yeah. Um, she has Billy Woods phone number. Yep. Like that was great to see Woods show up on that. Yes. And, um, I ended up sending that record to a couple of different people in my life and being like, 
I really think you would get something out of this. Like mm-hmm. this is this is some shit that has something to say, which is which is not always the case with uh, with contemporary rap music. But um, also, her tiny desk was really good. I was just gonna say, um, and her tiny dress was really good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know she's the exact type of artist that would hate that comment. But having said that, Jesus, dude, Jesus. Yeah, she's definitely in her uh, L.A. kind of blossoming phase. So. Uh, Shout out to No Name. Dave, what's a record that uh, stood out for you in 2023? Uh, we briefly discussed this before the recording, but Blockhead's brilliant Ox album. Um, yeah. He was on the program semi-recently with um, with us talking about, um, what was the album that we talked about with Blockhead? Uh, Balloon? <laughs> Balloon Mind Balloon, State. yes, yeah. yes. Oh, that's right. Blockhead's Sup- Mind State. <laughs> <laughs> Super insightful. Um, love this album, dude. Um, a lot of... I think I feel like a lot of albums like this try to be like this, you know, okay. like you can get like a uh, you can pull out your checkbook and get a bunch of uh, features, right. but they're not going to be engaged. And everybody on everybody on here from from uh, Breeze Bruin to Casual to Arm and Hammer, um, everybody kills it. And I really love the production palette. I love um, the Aesop Rock songs um, and that Mississippi Dude, crazy! That's a banger. So I, I love that song. It's so good. I love the Take, th- taking Aesop out of his like thesaurus busting thing and putting him in like this almost like childlike mm-hmm. place. I thought I thought was so great. Totally. Um, Bruiser Wolf with poppy seeds. Well. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that poppy seed. It was so good. I I um, texted Damone randomly on a Tuesday when I heard the when I heard the verse. Um, yeah. Bruiser Wolf's verse is incredible. Um, one of the best albums of the year, and I uh, I haven't checked out all of Blockhead's Ninja Tune run, but this has got to be one of Blockhead's best albums, and definitely, definitely one of the be- best rap albums of the year. Uh, I love the Brian Ennels song. Yeah, like, Brian Ennels yes. kills this, and I I haven't heard a ton of Brian Ennels outside of the confines of his group with Infinity Knives, which we love. I actually just got Rhino. Uh, triple double XL on a uh, vinyl. Shout out Zilla Rocca who put that out. Um, that just showed up in the mail. Um, but yeah, um, hearing Brian Ennels in a different kind of sound palette and uh, not for nothing, uh, RXK nephew. Oh, that song in a, in was a so good. In a different world, totally. that yeah. was that was super interesting. Yeah, um, I, I just I I should literally text him, but <laughs> I was just like, thanks for making a record with all the rappers I like. Uh, totally, it's like extremely totally. convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, everybody brought it. You know what I mean. And uh, word is on the streets that uh, Blockhead and Brian Annals has an album coming out. Oh, shit. So yeah, it's like it. perfect. Yeah. Block Annals? <laughs> Brian Head? <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian Head. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, amazing record. Shout out to Blockhead uh, for putting together the the record that he wanted to hear. Right. Understanding right. his music taste and especially his, he's a person that put me on to RX, uh, KNFU. Um, Same. Yeah, so... The Ox is an incredible compilation. We don't get many of those. Danny Brown as well. Forgot to mention him. Totally. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. And then Blockhead gave us the insight on the background of how that came together. And it's like, so dope. thank you for coming together. Thank, and and Woods, go back and listen to the episode yeah. where we talked to Blockhead about Balloon Mind State. But he also breaks down how his relationship with Woods and being a part of Backwoods helped bring this together. Navy Blue is on it. Literally everybody. DBRP right. 50 is on this, <laughs> <laughs> on this compilation. <laughs> Um, so so super dope. What um, about you, dude? You got a, like a under the radar heater that me and Dave missed, or do you? What's no, your, what's your... no. So I got the Spotify rap today. Oh, it always comes a little bit late for me. 
I got the Spotify your, your, today. Your taste is so good, they have to spelunk down in, uh, into the catacombs <laughs> of underground. It, it is so monolithic in my listening when I get this thing. I'm like, I like to think of myself as being very, you know, broad and, then and they're varied. Like, You're point zero zero one Billy Woods fan. <laughs> point, it's point zero zero five. <laughs> That's what it was. Three million it was, streams of Lil Bow Wow. Uh, <laughs> it was Woods, Bow Wow, um, uh, sexy red, no. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm in point zero five percentile of Billy Woods listeners um, this year. For me, maps. That's was a long way to say nerd, my friend. <laughs> uh, I I don't deny it. How could I? The album maps to me um, is everything that I want in a rap record. So right? good, it's so good. Such a great collection of songs. Kenny Siegel's work is always amazing. I love him individually as a producer, but when him and Woods hook up, um it's magic. it's yeah, magical. Totally. This was born Mapjik. out when I when <laughs> I uh went to the Armin Hammer show at um New Parish in October that just came by the the diabetic test strips tour. Um they did all the songs you would think they would do. The Kenny Siegel joints brought the house down. I like, feel like his music fills the room up. Oh, and I don't know enough about music or uh, live audio or clearly recorded podcast audio <laughs> to know what that is, but they're just I'll, more full. I'll tell you, Nate, it's low end. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I have a theory. Yeah, I have a theory about it. It's called the booty. It's the bottom. Uh, it was just rattling, and I feel like um, Kenny Siegel, his... his to me, he is almost the woods of production. The references that he's pulling in. You hear a song like Soundcheck, which has, has like three or four very classic samples in it, but like flipped in really interesting ways. Um, woods is at the top of his game, and it's he's dialed back the, I don't know what you want to call it. Like It's more of a West Coast woods kind of feel. It's right. not as quite as... Chill woods. A, a little bit. It's, yeah. it's not chill by any standard, right. but... Um, I just feel like he's at the top of his game, and I, I listen to that record so much because it's it's almost just like steady. Like, how is he doing this? You take a song like Blue Flame, um, where to me, he is a he's a jazz man. It's a time, it, I don't know if it's a off-four time signature, but it's definitely a very strange beat, um, and he just murders it. Kenwood Speakers is an amazing song. So That's so good. Yes. So for me, um, Maps is far and away the best record this year. There were a lot of other um, cool records that came out. But so that's uh, Woods' album of the year, uh, seven, eight years <laughs> in a row here? Say, <laughs> keeping it consistent. Huh? We seem Homer-ish, but in, I, right. 20 years hence, history will absolve it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you going there, Dave, and I, I had to get out in front of you. And uh, today we spoke something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not the song, it's the list. Right? <laughs> What's it called? Um, I, I do want to give a shout-out. I'm only like one and a half listens in, but... I really like the new Aesop Rock record, especially yeah. he has this song about meeting Mr. T oh my God. at the oh, Carnegie so Deli when he's a little kid, Dude. and I'm, like, obsessed with it. He also has, like, a food song on there, and then he has a song about, about how much pigeons. he, like, likes rivers. Oh. And I'm like... Oh, that song's amazing. This is also a very, like, uh, you know... Uh, self-centered way of thinking about things, but I'm like, is this made for me? <laughs> you, it's made for it's made not only for you, but uh, definitely the Nates of the world. Nobody takes minutia 
and turns it into good rap music. There's a song called Aggressive Steve. Oh, my God, where he talks about that homeless dude getting yes, in his house. Yes. That's oh all my God. rules, man. And that happens at my work almost daily. I was about to say, he, he narrated uh, half of my work day. <laughs> right, and I, felt, right. I felt seen by that. But just in terms of storytelling, um, he's just come so far. He's so clear these days. Right, Integrated right. Tech Solutions is right. kind of in the same vein of uh, Spirit World Spirit World Field Guide in the thematicness, the the light thematicness. Yeah, it's a right. light thematicness, but when he when he hits it, he hits totally, it, right? totally, um, totally. I so like him when he's linear. You know what I mean? And yes. like I feel like he's getting more and more that with age. Totally. And yeah. um, it's it's just beautiful thing to see. I mean, um, uh, we talked about this also. Like, um, No Regrets was like his first kind of linear song to us. Yeah, that was twenty years ago. Master <laughs> of the narrative, and that that one is almost like. Um, what do they call it? Um, magical realism. Mm. You know what I mean? Now these are this is just his day, which is also a thing of maps. Like when we interviewed yeah. Kenny Siegel, yeah. um, he's like, yeah, you know, Woods went back to uh, New York and recorded with Steel Tip Dove. And when he sent the song back, I'm like, yeah, we were just riding around L.A. That was just our day together. Right. Yeah. But you turned it into art. Like that was art. that was a Wednesday. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. He said, "What do you th- Nike store on Fairfax don't even have shoes? <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Yeah, um, uh, Aesop Rock has that song about pigeons, which blows my mind yes. on it. Which and I was um, just talking to my friend AJ about this, and it was like, uh, he, I feel like he's hitting a creative peak. Yeah. You know? Which is why I really, really like, like this record. I want to give it some more listens before right. I would know where to rank it in the year or whatever. But we're not doing that this year. <laughs> Read somebody else's <laughs> list. Uh, Cabbages <laughs> just put out their list. Definitely check that out. Um, another record that was big for me was Burning Desire by Mike. Oh. Um, Mike, uh, to me, uh, is ascendant. I feel like he's he's coming into his own, and it's one of the more, um, I don't know what you want to call it, rangy albums that came out this year. It has something. He's got a song with Larry June that fits perfectly. He fits right. perfectly with Larry June, right? And right. he fits perfectly with Wiki, and right. you know what I mean. And, and right. so, um, really dug that. Um, I, I liked that Mike Wiki and Alchemist. Well, a lot. Yeah. And uh, the, the mayor is a cop. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so we, need, we need that NY energy. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of we, Alchemist, this year, two albums, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one with Larry June. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the way June raps about his opulent-ass life. Yes. You know what I mean? Totally. It's, it, it, I it's, loved that record when it dropped. Totally. That was like three weeks of constant burn. It's so enjoyable. Yeah. So enjoyable. Um, I want to give a shout-out to that. And the other one would be the Earl Alk record, uh, Vore Deer. Um, I think it's great. Do you guys know that part? I can't. I can't. I mean, you can't sample something like this. But like, how did they not reference the thing in uh, my cousin Vinny about Wadir? <laughs> you guys remember <laughs> that part that I'm talking about? Like yes. in in his Brooklyn accent, he can't say it in in their Southern accent. Yes, it's like Wadir. It's like so <laughs> two funny. Two youths, right? Two yeah. youths. Yeah, yeah. The, the two youths exactly. He's like, I'm gonna Wadir the the jury, and he's like, what? This part is so funny. But I I do like that record a lot. I definitely have listened to it quite. A bit and um, yeah, um, that the guy just continues to wreck. Totally, shit. my biggest takeaway from that record, because um, my favorite song on that is, um, or my favorite songs on the project are his songs with um, Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. We need an we we need an Earl Vince Staples collab. Oh, album. like tough Earl Staples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Vince sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, Vince sweatshirt, dude. <laughs> exactly. Invincible sweatshirt. Um, yeah, it was it was again another another alchemist year. He had two projects flying high, parts one and two. 
Right. That were really right. good. Two EPs. The second one where he comes through, like, kind of rapping his ass off. Oh, wow. Um, right. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I, I really, I got into those super I'm taking tough. notes now. I missed those completely. Exactly. For his birthday, he did, like, a freestyle birthday thing. Um, yeah. Crazy. Great. But very, like, Him, rock, too? Rock Marcy vibes, oh, but. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's almost as if his, he soaked up all the game from every rapper totally. that he was around right, for the last right. 10 years. Scott Eastwood. Primarily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, so good records came out this year. Just because we're not doing a whole show built around them, we still encourage you to uh, in, engage with the culture and tell us what your favorites were. We're Absolutely. very reachable. Absolutely, hit us up on Twitter at Dead Rap Pod on Instagram Dead Rap Pod. Oh my goodness! Are we? Re- I know I saw you pointing. I wasn't sure what you meant. Yeah. You're wavy. Okay. Positive? Positive? Okay. You're, okay. You're the waviest among you us. We have to do this again next Monday. I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were my jokes? Vince sweatshirt? That's not even funny, dude. <laughs> Had to be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, no, no worries. Good good for checking in. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, Dad Bod, Rap Pod, DBRP50, uh, segment two, take one. All right, so let's get into it. We have compiled. Actually, I'm gonna let you explain it. Uh, sure. Nate Silver, you were the. You were <laughs> <Nate> the Silver. <laughs> That's funny. You were the ombudsman of this of this project. <laughs> How did this list come together? Yes. Okay. So we wanted to do a DBRP 50 kind of thing, or we wanted to do a top 50 list all year, and we didn't have our shit together, and then we ended up taking our break right when. Um, our first break ever in doing the weekly podcast um, right in the summer, right when the actual birthday of hip hop was. Um, right, So we didn't do it then, but Timing. we wanted to sneak it in before the end of the year. And we talked a lot about what we would do. Was it top 50 rappers? And then we all got to make the Twitter joke. Shout out to whoever made this joke. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Crooked Eye or one of the guys from Slaughterhouse. Uh, Royce, maybe they're like, you guys have a 38th favorite rapper? <laughs> oh, it's Schoolboy Q. Yeah, oh, it was Schoolboy Q. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just a hilarious thing to say and has made me not ever want to make a list like <laughs> totally. that. Totally. Um, because that's a good point. There's a lot of other shit to worry about. So we were going to do maybe albums. We're a very album-oriented podcast. We Absolutely. really like the album form. We think the deterioration of the album form is bad for society. But when we were chilling at Dave's a couple of months ago, um, recording something else, we kind of got into like meeting zone and we were like, let's do songs. Songs is very manageable. Everyone can contribute. We'll get a lot of different looks and feels and textures in there. So we wanted to do a top 50 songs list. So each of us came up with a top 10 list kind of mm-hmm. thing. And we, we ended up, rather than saying things are the best or the most or the the best ever thing, we're doing just what's the most us? What makes us... Yeah. What if we what what music that we love has informed the podcast? What who are the people we've connected with through doing the podcast and what is kind of the best music that we think forms our collective uh, musical mind? So these there are 50 songs, which it turns out 50 sounds like a lot until you start breaking it down. Right. And not. we were till till I left work this afternoon, I had to physically print this list. We were moving stuff around and being like, "Oh my god, we forgot X, Y, and Z person." Mm-hmm. So there's we could do 150, but we settled on 50 songs that um, really inform what kind of rap fans we are. And if I can take a quick stab at that, I think we like sample beats. We like I- intense, introspective, intricate lyrics. 
and we like a little bit of humor. And yeah. you will see those things reflected over and over again. We have classic stuff on here. We have new stuff on here. We have f- things made by people we know. We have things made by people we would l- never get a chance to be in the same room with. It's just right. um, what we think is a pretty comprehensive list that explains a lot about who we are. And if you enjoy the show, you should know all these songs. We're going to do a playlist. Um, and there were a lot of contributions from our Patreon homies. Yep. Um, the Shout Patreon out. community really came through with a lot of interesting ideas, things I would have never thought about, things where I was like, oh, my God, yes, perfect. And so some did end up on this final list. And so big shout to all of you guys um, hey. who sent in comments and sent DMs and sent emails. It's really, really appreciated. And that is the beauty of the community. Absolutely. Uh, Patreon.com slash pod to be part of that conversation. But, yeah, let's get into it. DBRP 50, starting with number 50, Too Short, Life Is Too Short. Life is too short, would you agree? While I'm living my life, don't mess with me. It's been a long time, baby, since I first got down. But I still keep making these funky sounds. Um... A foundational song for me personally. I know right. one of the uh, peak moments of this podcast was when we got to talk to Too Short. And I think for the general population, that's what I lead with when I'm like, oh, you have a podcast? Yeah, we talked to Too Short. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of my totally uh, high water mark. But this song in particular off of his album, Life Is Too Short, um, his first like major label release on Jive, um, foundational for me in the sense that I got to see that there was a dude from like 40 miles up the way who at a time when like Run DMC was huge and like these larger than life characters, Slick Rick, I didn't necessarily think about the barrier as having something to say in that realm, but he came through, he had something to say and it didn't sound like New York. And I just remember when we were talking to him um, about kind of the construction of his music, he went back to like, look, it's cool to hear somebody somebody being super clever over like a James Browny kind of uh, sample hook, but look, what people really want to hear is like the trunk slapping and somebody talking shit like I do, <laughs> <laughs> and and like and on to a certain degree is not wrong. I, I I never forgot that comment. So life is too short. Um, super foundational, and I feel like you know he's got this second run. Blow the whistle, right? For folks that are, you know, 35 and under yeah. is like their too short thing. This was my blow the whistle. Like right. this was this was a place and a time. Um, the video also just kind of stands out. He had the dopest like acid wash jeans and sweater, <laughs> <laughs> and sweater ever that I They wanted. were washed in the finest acids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, uh, speaking of blow the whistle, so uh, I was just tapped to write the liner notes for the reissue of blow hey. the whistle. So congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank awesome. you. So um, this sort of falls in line. I've been I've been revisiting revisiting a lot of too short and um, just for, just from an album perspective. I mean, the song Life Is Too Short kicks off the album. Um, you know, just like uh, Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, um, uh, uh, Five Years, you know, or uh, mm. or mm. Um, Velvet Underground, Sunday Morning. It's like an amuse-bouche to letting you know what is in store. But sp- but specifically with the song, lets you know about what's in store with his whole career, really. Yeah. And um, just so many entry points in this dude's long career and, like, so grateful to have him be one of our, you know, local icons and really glad to see all the celebration that he's been getting. Absolutely. I had a whole thing I was going to say, but Dave just compared Too Short to the Velvet Underground, <laughs> so I think we should leave it there. 
that's the fucking podcast. If you like that, you will like the rest of these couple of hours if, of us talking if, about. If you songs. understand the through line from uh, Ground Control to Major Tom to, uh, <laughs> then uh, we'll be your mirror. Yeah, Charlie Tuna is like Nico. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> These days, <laughs> literally dead. Okay, uh, <laughs> number forty-nine. The what? Big and Method Man. To get feels on the bitch Now I throw shields on the dick To stop me from that HIV shit And niggas know they soft like a Twinkie feeling Playing the villain Dave, talk to us Man, um, you know, I uh, I was just talking to my kids about this I think this is not only one Dave like, doesn't have kids, he teaches college <laughs> right. We don't just, know that Just correct right, Dave doesn't right, have right. kids that he knows about <laughs> Or that we know about <laughs> He is a right. lecturer at San Jose State University And we're very proud of him for it Keep going Oh, thank you, Nader <laughs> Um, but I played this uh, song uh, for my students, and um, I think it's not. I think it's one of the greatest duets in all of music. Okay. And um, you know, we were lucky enough to have Easy Moby on the program and to get his insight behind production and 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 just the 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 time frame of when this went down. But um, literally one of my favorite songs of all time. The way their voices are captured, um, impeccable. Um, uh, yeah. What do you guys think? I think we need to talk <laughs> about yeah, hold, it. Hold on, Nate. I think fuck the world, don't ask me for <laughs> shit. <laughs> Nate's grabbing his Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. so Continue. funny. No, I was always going to say is uh, when we talk about it, we should do the the what? <laughs> 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 yeah, um, one of the great rap duets. Um, I don't think they would have had that Biggie duets album if this song didn't exist. Like, you know what I anchor. mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you just right. like uh, pure... Emceeing from two New York legends um, who were contemporaries, and Method Man has gone on to become like you know known as an actor and a cultural figure, and just like has had such an interesting career. It's hard not to think about what would have happened with Biggie's life. Sure, um, would he have become more or less Puff influenced? Like it's just it, there's so many what's about that. But um, I think <laughs> the what would have it's just. Um, <laughs> Really beautiful, the back and forth, the interplay, yes. and it works in every situation. It's yes. just just a great yes. song, and I always think of Dave when I hear this song because he's very much on record and <laughs> uh, loving this song. So, all right, folks, before we move on, and I, I just want to one word answers here. Who got, who had it on that song? Who Ooh. who who burned who? Is Dave? that not the brilliance of the song that they're both just so perfect? And that's also, a co- that's a I'll take big because it's super easy to take big for okay. like sentimental reasons, yeah. but it's not like the rhymes aren't intricate. Right, okay. right, and they kind of step on each other's toes. I love like, that. Yeah. It's, I love it's, that. Uh, there's so many like little things to like geek off about that song. If I had to pick, fuck, maybe big. Okay, okay. I maybe I will tell alive you. bias though. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. The other way yeah. around. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's a. Uh, he's, he's got his legend is cemented. Um, just know that. That's always a competition. I think sometimes fans are like, no, I love both of them. They would, no, they got in there like, I'm gonna burn your ass. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love that about rapping, but I'm also the guy many times on this podcast going, like, can't we all just get along? (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. Uh, I'm the boringest posse cat when they all get along. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna gonna give it to Meth 10 9. All right. Nate. All right. Next, number 48, Spaceship Earth, DJ Format. And the incredible Edon. 
Nate, um, I actually did not know about this song when it first first came out. Dave gave me a copy of the 10-inch um, EP uh, that it's on, or maybe it's a single, but the 10-inch album uh, format was f- like four EPs in the beginning, and that's what 78s are. We don't have to get into a whole thing about that. <laughs> anyway, um, I've always loved this song. We really wanted to talk about Edon on here, and um, that's one of our favorite rappers and kind of a white whale kind of, you know. <laughs> Emphasis on white. <laughs> <laughs> Interview for us. Um, I, we, I have been in Edon's presence. I've written about Edon. I've never actually had a chance to have a conversation with the man. I would love to someday. Um, I was going to tell you guys this in the opening, too. I actually, I do this for every Aesop Rock album, but just on Sunday, while I was waiting for brunch reservation with my wife, sent a PR email to Aesop Rock's dude and just like, hey, just checking in again. Oh, you did? It, yeah, it's oh. another album. We don't have to talk about rap music. We could talk about photography. Right, or right, skating, right, right. Or what, uh, the best coffee shops in Portland. Like, you should just talk to us. We'd love totally. to talk to them. That sounds like a laborious day. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have, we kind of have stopped doing that for Edon as well, and there's no albums to send out PR emails for anyway, but um, great rapper, great producer, one of our, like, a, a person we just, like, really admire and left a, quite a little body of work that we've thought about a lot. But DJ Format was um, a great interview when we yes, had him on the yeah, show. Yes, yes. Um, just one of those... Um, English cats who's like so deep versed in hip hop and record collecting and um, really um, can flip psychedelia. It's like um, Edon himself, DJ Format, um, this uh, Scottish producer called The Expert, um, uh, DJ Mugs. There's a couple of people who like make really good psychedelic beats, and yeah. um, DJ Format is definitely one of them. And I've just always loved this song. And if you're listening to it for the first time because of this, and it's somewhat obscure, maybe you are. Listen to how Edon speeds up right. as the like rocket ship is blasting I was just off. Just gonna say, and the, just the not many up. people can pull something like that off and not have it sound corny. So that's that's a ringing endorsement for this right. one. The, the 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 way it just builds and then towards the end he just goes into oblivion. It, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Edon rapping in triplets. You guys, you guys introduced me to both DJ Format and and this song. Really, really mm-hmm. dig Format's vibe. And I'm sure in my days of throwing b-boy events, like I heard. Some of his shit. It has a b-boy nest to it. Yeah. Um, but Edon on this particular track is doing cadences that um, he doesn't typically do, which is just another testament to his great greatness. He hears a track and does the right thing. You know what I mean? It's like that whole thing in sports, like take what the defense gives you. Like he he takes whatever beat it is and does the exact uh, right cadence for it. So And, and if you yeah. want to hear a totally different version of that, check out the incredible sparse minimal beat on um rugged rugged from the cool keith serpent album oh okay. oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes it's like yes, I, I, yes. I, I i like when that came out i'm like cool keith in this great mode real bad man our yes. buddy from the podcast and edon he got edon to do a verse and then so i played good. it out and i was like there's so much room in this song yeah, we were yeah. at an outdoor yeah. beer garden joint yeah. and i'm like this yeah. drum's over here and edon's right. over there and anyway we could get into a whole thing about that too but that's uh spaceship earth yes incredible Number 47, Step to My Girl, um, Souls of Mischief.
with. I mean, I think the easy inclination is to go for 93 Till, and I kind of avoided things like that. Um, this just happens to be one of my all-time favorite songs. I think it's a Jethro Tull uh, sample with the, with the sweet buttery uh, flute loop that they use. And this song is like, um, is like the cousin to Cab Fare for me, mm. which is just you know another beautiful sort of um, early demo cut of theirs. Um, it's a song that... I've just have slowly loved and loved, and now you know I basically play it out every time I DJ, and like Nate and I talk about it all the time, and it really captures like the brilliance of these cats, and it still astounds me because um, they're literally like 14 years old on this song. You that know? Is, that's that crazy. Is so it's crazy. It's crazy. They're like stepping to a girl in like math class. <laughs> totally. Damn. Totally. This is a junior high social mischief. Right. Uh, when we had Sean Kantrowitz out for the East Side Record Swap slash uh, trivia bash. Um, he hit us with the wildest fucking trivia question. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe <laughs> it either, man. Um, Dave, you want to break down what? I what think the uh, it was um, it was uh, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, this dude named okay. Uh, okay. Ariel Reichstag, who is a big time pop producer, who Sean is buddies with. Um, flipped this into a song that Vampire Weekend ended up doing. It's kind of like Vampire Weekend covering 14-year-old Souls of Mischief. That's crazy. <laughs> not exactly. If right. you listen to it, you'll be like, okay, I see where the seed of the idea is from. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not an it's not a cover. It's a, like inspired by, but it's it, it, it that was a mind-blowing piece of trivia and I freaking hate Vampire Weekend, but I did <laughs> yeah. I did listen to it. You're more of a it. Vampire Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> vampire Wednesday. Yeah. Um uh, listened to it with Sean in my car, and I was like, I can't believe I'm driving around San Jose, East Side San Jose, of all places, bumping Vampire Weekend right now. Wow. <laughs> Kung Fu Vampire? Yeah. No, Shout out to Kung Fu Vampire. <laughs> Number 46, Paper Thin, MC Light. When you say you love me, Studied, studied fans of the podcast will remember in our origin story, it starts off with me and Dave <laughs> arguing about is MC Light the greatest female MC ever? I, I That's a regrettable framing and, and one I don't use anymore. Um, but it's a, it's a testament to how much and how fa foundational for me the MC Light's early work was. Uh, the top priority kind of audio to... MC Light family tree was huge, and Paper Thin in particular, um, to me, is on a Rushmore of just like perfectly composed rap songs. Yeah. It's sparse, um, it has pace to it, um, it's open, she is talking the most shit. She's over here talking about you can suck on her toes <laughs> in, uh, in 87. <laughs> she bringing foot fetish bars in 87, take that sexy red. Um, <laughs> uh, and I just feel like it's one of those songs from that particular era where albums were not super strong. There weren't too many incredible albums in 87, but there were some incredible songs. I put this right alongside Top Billin in terms of um, things that are just composed well. Her tone of voice, apparently uh, their Milk and, uh, and MC Light are cousins. Mm. And so... The nasal cousins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the nasal and the guttural. Um, and they had their m dad, uncle was in the industry. And so 
he actually coached MC Light on how you should rap and how she should attack it before there were rules about it. Mm. And so to me, this is her kind of laying down, this is how you approach this. It wasn't wacky. It wasn't, she was just straight ahead. Yeah. Um, love the song. And one of the reasons I'll always love that song is it's five minutes long. It only has about two and a half minutes of rap. Mm. It did that old school thing where they would let the beat ride out and then just have the dub. Yeah. So just there's on the second half of the song, it's just like, word, mm. when you say you love me. And it just kind of rides out in kind of a. I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, do- that's why I collect twelve inches. It's like those weird right, things right. you would never know. Like the DJ is going to mix out after the second verse. Right. But if you own the record and you're just listening to it like a record, you get to hear all these interesting idiosyncrasies and them fucking around in the studio and like why is it dubbed? Oh, I don't want to get totally off topic. I love this song too. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, did you guys see Armin Hammer just did a dub thing with Scientist? Sure. No. He really? Dug, he, there's a vine. The, uh, a piece of vinyl exists in the world. I think they're selling it at shows on the current tour where they had scientists dub out two of the tracks oh from uh, uh, Diabetic Test Strip. So if anyone has a sneaky link on that, Whoa. send it our way. I need to hear that, and I'm not gonna buy a record at a show I already missed. So um, somebody, somebody, send me that, please. Wow. Uh, that scientist of all people. Right. I, lo- I love science. Amazing. Wow. Same. There, there's a wow. through line between. Uh, Jamaican music and hip hop. J- hip hop is Jamaican music in a way. Um, but they back in that era, they were still experimenting, and and I love. That's why I love Paper Thin. It feels experimental, but also like fundamental. Like yeah, if I was totally. to be like, here is what good rapping sounds like right. throughout era or styles or or whatever. Um, so that's why it's such a defining song. When I think of Light, I think of that. Yeah. Um, years ago, I forgot, and I forgot what the exact. Um, article I was working on, but um, fun fact is, she wrote that song when she was 12 or something. Jesus. And so the song came out in 87, 88. She wrote it in like 82, 83. Wow. Oh my god. In freaking credible. Such a defining song. Light as a Rock is a very funny title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's a very punny title for everything you just said about how straightforward she is and like, uh, I think the beautiful thing about this song and many of her songs, and this is kind of her signature track for people of our ilk, is how her voice cuts through the noise right. and like rides right. above the beat and it's just um, I can I could just picture uh, like in my mind's ear exactly how it sounds after all this time and it's uh, it's completely fundamental, you said that very well uh, Next one would be Above the Clouds by Gangstar It has come to our attention that a mysterious force One of the best songs by one of the best groups of all time. Um, late best beat ever? Best beat ever. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, um, uh, this appears on Moment of Truth, uh, their later uh, work, and it's still such a, a heavy standout for me. I mean, um, definitely one of Primo's favorite beats of mine and arguably one of his best. And um, both verses are incredible, and I think there's um, um, there, there's a theme of duets throughout here, and um, this mm. album, or this song, feels like a true duet, and they both seriously, seriously rip it so but so hard, and uh, remains one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean, I could go on and on about how beautiful this beat is. We have talked about this quite a bit on the show. Um, rap is usually like really hard, or um, you know, describes something so well. There's like very few 
musical genres where there's so many words and textural sounds available to you to, to like really get at the essence of something. Mm-hmm. But beauty is not something that mm-hmm. the, the genre tends to do well. It's not like mm. classical music with a fucking flute oh, section or a harp or whatever. It's right. like um, like beauty in terms of like the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Right. It's not really hip-hop's right. thing, right? Right, right? It's more like outside in the streets of Rome, which right. is great. This beat is fucking beautiful. Yeah. And there's something so um, light and ethereal about it, the way that it's named, the way that um, just all the different elements come together. This is this is one of the best beats ever by one of the best beat makers ever. And um, just like a completely canonical beat to the point where I kind of think of it as an instrumental. It's totally, totally not. Totally. It's a great song. And totally. Guru, Guru, Guru kills on it. Totally. But to me, the this this song is on this list because of its beautiful beat totally totally um and uh just uh, just a quick thing i was able to talk to primo uh, on the making of moment of truth as well as uh, hard to earn but specifically speaking moment of truth and the story is uh deck came in and wrote this in five minutes and left sick that's insane it's ridiculous Fuck. and glad to see him get his flowers like throughout the years now as well yeah abs- absolutely i feel like moment of truth as an album was one of those albums was like, ah, oh, does Gangstar still have it? Does Gangstar? And I remember hearing oh. this and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they have it. They're good. Yeah, <laughs> they, they still have it, um, you know, as a group that was around in the early, early 90s um, and came back later on and, and still had that vibe. So I 100% agree on this selection. Number 44, Seventh Seal Freestyle Fellowship. One of those songs where I'll never forget where I was when I heard it. Shout out to my man, uh, Is from the Derelicts. Um, used to stay in this trailer park in South San Jose. And I was meeting him for the first time and trying to show him that I knew how to rap and I knew about rap. Um, and he was like, all right, kid, let me play you a song. <laughs> and he played fucking Seventh Seal. And I've never been so frightened of a rap song. You like, weren't advised? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't advised they were coming. And it fucking blew my mind. Not only uh, the technicality right. of Micah 9 um, as he's just like cascading and spilling out these words, but like the ominous tones and vibes of it. Um, it was in a time, again, I, I, I grew up before the internet, where if you were a conspiracy nut, like that took some like research. Like right. you had to hear about things. It was my first time coming into contact with that body of thought. When I was like, dude, what is he rapping about? You hadn't beheld the pill horse yet. No, I hadn't. I had not. <laughs> I had. Uh, I hadn't got my David Icke on yet. Um, so it, it was one of those songs where, both from a technical standpoint and thematically, just kind of blew my mind open. And I put it on kind of a list number one of three conspiracy theorist joints that I think define that type of rap. It's this cell therapy and organized confusions releasing hypnotical gases, Mm. which to my mind and the mind of some others is very much at least responding to Seventh Seal, if not not 
you know, being like, we're going to do the East Coast version of this. Eighth Seal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that is my own um, conspiracy theory. We did have Mike and I on yes, uh, yes. very early um, in our run and also in his book, Kaleidoscope. The lyrics are in there, mm. which um, I don't know if you guys checked it out, but it, it clarifies what he's saying. I never knew exactly what he right. was it's saying. It's tough to catch every little nuance of such an intense rap. Yeah. And it's it, uh, encased in this, like, really galloping soundscape with the crazy guitar riff. It's just like there's a lot going on in this track. Um, a complete heater. Um, it's so We talked about this quite a bit in our retro uh, episode about Inner City Griots. This is off of their album, To Whom It May Concern. It's so fucking stupid they did not get famous from this. Yeah, right, it's it's right, just right. it's dumb. Everyone's fucking dumb. Right. It's just <laughs> like you don't want more of this. You wouldn't go fund the next version of this. Right. I yeah. mean, Island Fourth and Broadway did. It's right, not it's right. not exactly how it came out, but and and I I truly do like being considered like insidery and knowing right. like this is a cut for the heads. Totally. And Damone is one of those heads. Dave is one of those yeah. heads. And th- this is one of those songs where. Um, you're either in or you're out, and if you can't handle this, and it's fine to not be able to handle this. This might be too fast for you. It might right, be too blistering. Right. It might be too conspiracy theory. It might be too all over the place. But when you get locked into Mike and Nine's, um, I call it flow state. Mm. When you just like you realize he's he's not thinking. Right. He's just doing, and it's it can be so incredibly beautiful and um, encapsulates so much about society in a short statement and it's a standout track on one of the great albums and one we've talked about at length on here right, um, right. and don't have to get all back into but a uh, great choice uh, yes. Char- the charlie parker of of hip-hop this is bop <laughs> is born in this moment and i i feel like i'll never know what my elders felt like when they heard salt peanuts but like <laughs> i want to feel like it was something like this um which cap calloway called bop chinese music yeah, he was very dismissive of it. Right, right. racist, mysterious <laughs> Eastern music. I yeah, see. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, they didn't get famous off of it, but uh, they did get a, a Nami, a Nami, <laughs> a Grammy nomination for it. Totally. And so we'd be remiss not to mention. Yeah. Nay and I got to work on the liner notes, and I promise this is the last time we're going to speak on it. <laughs> Shit. Because we speak not on it me. every time. But, uh, you know, great honor of my life. I got to work on this n- Grammy-nominated project with Nate and, and speak to all the members of Freestyle Fellowship. And shout out to Sklute for making it happen. And um, hopefully this uh, that will just uh, make this a little bit more pronounced in the world moving forward. Didn't make them famous, did make them legendary. There you go. 100. Well said. Number 43. Uh, we could have done, oh, uh, I should say the track title. Number 43, Do You Need a Lozenge by Controller 7. We could have done a whole nother list of just beats and instrumental music. Um, but I, and I believe this is the only instrumental song that's included among the 50, but I really wanted to include a controller seven song. And this is a recent favorite. Um, controller seven is a producer from the Bay area who, um, has kind of two distinct chapters to his career. He did some stuff with Anacon back in the day and, um, a lot of solo work. And he's very much of, the independent ethos of pressing your own stuff and um it kind of a was kind of a shadowy figure and then 
partly in part uh, due to the intertwining of all of us and uh, Dave and I being big fans of his music and mentioning it on the podcast. And um, we've just kind of become friends. And um, his uh, second wind is one of the most inspiring in the history of the genre. He got back to work um, in the kind of late uh, 20s teens and is still just putting out a massive amount of projects his work is always interesting i've always said like i don't make beats i've never actually made beats but i collect records and we have some of the same records and i'm like yep if i knew how to work the machine that's how i would have made that into yeah. a beat <laughs> yeah. and that's what controller seven's music represents to me and um he's a skilled craftsman in many different trades he's a great producer he uh, does graphics and um, has like an interesting sampling sensibility in his graphical sense. And he's done some work for us on some of our events and um, merch and stuff like that. And he's just a good dude. And I really like him and his music. And I wanted to make sure that those relationships that are kind of like, I actually knew him a little bit. Um, we had been to this weird dinner together when we were teenagers, but we reconnected through the podcast and now we text almost weekly. And, um, I like this song a lot. It's on his Exhale 2 project. It's just a banging beat. It's just a weird beat. It's just, um, I remember where I was the first time I heard it. I was standing in line to go to a Rap Cats event when I was down in L.A. visiting friends. And uh, I was just like, this fucking beat is blowing my mind. This is insane. Like, Tommy, you monster. I know. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. I'm really glad you mentioned it, Nate. Um, shout out to Tommy for letting us, uh, letting Needle to the Groove put out both Left Handed Straw and um, Exhale as well. Um don't have much to uh, much more to add besides that you know this really like to me is like a defining uh new controller 7 track that still retains a lot of his like earlier quirks and yeah. uh, to Nate's point earlier when it's like oh so and so made a song for me type feeling i feel that way every time i hear a Tommy beat so shout out to him and really glad it's included on here yeah controller 7 is in a lot of ways uh integral to who this podcast has been over the past about 3 years i'll say um, since he, since we, we did a, a thing about left-handed straw and then I actually did a interview with him for content magazine. Um, and we have a lot of similar sensibilities and he's just gone on to do such amazing stuff and he has more things in the can. His, his record yes, with uh, video Dave was really great. And, um, he's got some other stuff coming out. So shout out to controller seven. Number 42 gangsta gangsta by NWA. Um, one of my favorite songs, um, I just chose that. I mean, obviously with NWA, there's so much to choose from. Uh, this one for me is is really uh, steeped in nostalgia. Uh, one of the first um, rap tapes I've ever got was mm. uh, an NWA tape, which I talk about because I purchased a bunch of whack shit when I was young too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But this is one of the cool things. And like, oh um, shit, they have kid and play? I was just going to say, <laughs> Nate, I, this guy, I literally was going to say I probably have a kid and play tape as well. Um, so did I. <laughs> it's okay. But um, this one, you know, I mean, great you, actors. You can but go straight out of Compton. You can go, you know, uh, dope man. You can go so much. But Gangsta Gangsta is um, really funny. Yeah. And and uh, Ice Cube, I think, does like three verses, and then on the fourth verse introduces Eazy-E, yeah. and it's just like it's like, one and of those. And now songs. my boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now the financer of this whole project, <laughs> Easy no, motherfucking. E. But that's how they say it. And now, yeah. yeah. Um, I just love this so much. Um, uh, I love how it's it's kind of fun, and um, you know, at the beginning, it's uh, it's it's almost like a skit. You hear the siren, and then yep. it's some Mexican dude being like, "Oh, these pinchy black gangsters are at yeah. it again." <laughs> you know, it's it's just hilarious, yeah. and 
um, uh, just uh, really like instilled a lot of uh, values that I looked for in hip hop. You know, especially when I was younger. Uh, moving forward after listening to this, I went on a snow trip. My first time going to the snow in eighth grade. They organized a trip to take us bastard children to the snow. Um, and I had a little boombox and played Gangsta Gangsta. Wow. Maybe, maybe 30 times on the way to fucking Tahoe or wherever. That's pretty gangsta for an eighth that grader. Is. It really was. And I could tell the adults were at the front being like, I'm going to pretend I don't actually hear this. Wow. Um, but I want to yeah. fuck you easy. want to fuck <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it 1989? It was ruthless. Uh, Demone's like, and fuck the bus driver too. <laughs> Here's a little something about an eighth grader like me. Um, <laughs> Ice Cube, Ice Cube is at his absolute coldest. Absolutely. Uh, his, his pen game was just ridiculous at this time, and he's really um, defining a genre with gangsta. I mean, I love that they called it gangsta gangsta because right. this this is a genre defining um, song and like so huge for me. So I'm I'm, I'm really excited that you. You picked it. Nate, when you got jumped into a game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we <laughs> I was just watching the uh Flight of the Concord um one where they're all in like if Brett has to form a gang and it's oh like it's God. like the rude Bretts or something like <laughs> yes. that. The, no, oh the God. tough Bretts. Um uh, if I was ever in a gang, it would be something along those lines. <laughs> it would lines. be like Flight of Concord. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this would be the musical number. Nate's to Nate's to no. Uh, um th- I'm glad we are going to get some Ice Cube in here. I think we have all the members of Mount Westmore, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. I don't know if Snoop actually made it in, but um, this podcast, my hip-hop fandom would not exist without Ice Cube. Totally. Like, as a yep. writer and as uh, someone who put out like such a string of amazing albums, his branding sensibility, his accessibility, even though he talks about tough stuff, I've, like from Death Certificate uh, to the, the Predator to those, those yeah. were albums that were hugely important to me before i knew who i was mm. i knew i was a big fan of what ice cube was doing Absolutely. and i learned and heard about some stuff i was definitely not supposed to be hearing about and i turned out fine so let <laughs> exactly. your kids listen to whatever they're into and exactly. they're going to turn out to be who they are no matter what and i've been thinking about that a lot lately but um yeah i um this one is not like my particular cut i'm not like oh my god i gotta listen to gangsta gangsta again but total classic hip-hop Genre defining love that it ended up on here, and we have to say we talked to DJ Yella. We did, sir. And so, uh, and when a lot of people didn't realize stupid stuff like this, that when I was producing the podcast more hands on, we made it episode one eight seven. Yes, which like so let's go. So it's like the whole it's if you there's a way to think about this show as if the whole thing has been an elaborate pun. Oh oh. From from title on downwards, um, a big pun, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fat joke. Um, <laughs> I I think it's DJ Yella who does the offensive Mexican impression in the beginning. Oh, um, interesting! Shout out to Yella. Number forty one, Bubble Code by Dev C and Boathouse. Slang with Charles Xavier, stage voice, weapon X graduate, adamantium grade point, vengeance for repentance, had us snapping off the lab locks, comic book color pedal palettes, flashback drops, raps ad hoc, stat talk is just math rock, pass like the jazz spot. Def C is one of those artists that I don't know if I would have discovered or been up on had it not been for this podcast and kind of the, the rolling ball of rappers that kind of come into it, but um, I've always been impressed with the stuff 
that he's done, when we talk to uh, Mr. Fructor, uh, he described the uh, closed session sound as like, what is it? Real, real glossy backpack, mm. real shiny backpack, shiny or something backpack. like that. Shiny backpack, shiny new backpack, shiny new backpack. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this this joint off of uh, all all debts public private. You're gonna get a new backpack. You might as well get a new coat. Yeah, with a bubble <laughs> coat to go with it. Um, this joint off of the All Debts album that uh, Def C put out, I think it was last year, um, just immaculate. He's yeah. a, an immaculate right. writer. Boathouse, right. who we've also had on the program, is a great producer. And they sit in this very interesting micro niche of like um, super lyrical stuff that hasn't abandoned some of the sensibilities like of an Above the Clouds or yes. something like yes. of a really well-produced rap beat. So um, Def C is like, I, if he had a rookie card, I would buy it. Like, I feel like, I feel like in five years hence, over time, as people discover more of, of his music, um, the, the Gollum of Brooklyn is, right, is right. an amazing record. Right. Um, so yeah, for me, there's a lot of songs I could have picked. I also liked, um, uh, oh man, he did one with uh, Fanone. That was all about graffiti. That I I, really I know liked. what you're you're talking uh, about. It's on the we we uh, we dress the city. What is we that dress the city called? with our names? Yes. Uh, yes. Also also an incredible an incredible record. Totally. So um, I feel like those came out kind of close together. They did. Okay. I think it, I think it was uh, we dress the city came out right before that when I first kind of tapped in, yeah. and then um, it's always interesting to see a rapper. I'm not gonna say it's easy to make a a, a record like we dress the city, but like. It that is rap for rappers and people who are dingy underground people like, like elements myself. enthusiasts. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. With with all debts, um, it's a little bit more presentation, but he still nails it. So, um, yeah, big big Def C fan. Yeah, I just want to say we've been doing this show for about six years, and I don't think Def C would mind me saying that he got better oh, during those six years. Like, Absolutely. It's like when he was first sending us music, I thought, he, wow, he can write, but it's not quite there yet. Two or three things later, it's like holy shit! Right here's right. your invitation to come on the show. I want to yeah. get to know you. I yeah. want to. I want to like, what is your fucking deal? Because yeah. you, your write, your writing has always been sharp. He brought the delivery up to the par, yep. and he started kind of placing projects with the right people. It's just so cool to watch people develop, and it has nothing to do with us. We're just observers in this case. Um, but I've had this experience with a couple of people that I've gotten to know the, the little bit that you can through Zoom and DMs and emails and stuff. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's one been one of the most rewarding parts of the podcast to just watch people become like one like the truer expression of themselves as artists and to make banging songs. And right. it's just it's so cool to watch someone put it all together. And I feel like that ha we watch that happen in real time with Def C. And I'm so glad that we were able to kind of witness that. And uh, th I just have to give huge props, as I do every time I talk to him, to his pen. He is such yes. a great writer. Right, right. I'm uh, really glad you included this song. Um, we could have picked so many. Yeah. Um, and to Nate's point about him getting better, just uh, anybody check out his uh, George Costanza track. <laughs> on <laughs> oh. <laughs> One of my on favorite songs of the year, totally decade. On, um, Epoch. Uh, on yeah. um, Adam, Adam Mansbog's um, uh, book, um, uh, The Golem of Brooklyn. Um, yeah, just uh, this song, The Hook Alone, Supreme Clientele Was My Homework, Notepad Had a Cuban Link's Worth of Code Words. Um, <laughs> it's just incredible. And um, uh, he's so good now that you could pick so many different uh, parts of his writing. And you know how they say uh, Drake writes his songs as if every line could be an Instagram caption? Yeah. <laughs> it's like D Def C writes his lines so like every song, every line could be someone else's hook. Right, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? right, right, right. 
Right, right. Take three of his sentences. You're done. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I really I really like uh where he's gone and we'll we'll see where he goes next. Uh number forty. Forty ounce for breakfast. A 40 ounce for breakfast since a brother through the day. I guess I should have rolled a joint up instead. Anyway, seems like every time I start, I don't know when it's time to stay. When now my middle gets all blurred and it sets off the ill behaving. Cooling with my boys. That was by Black, Black Alicious. Um, had to include this one. Um, sort of a coming of age song for me. While the um, protagonist is uh, coming of age as well. Mm. Um, the song has a great moral to it. And to me, it just uh, sort of represents like this post high school, early um, college era for me where I'm just um, listening to artists sort of also grow up alongside me. And this is definitely one of those. And uh, like I said, the moral of, you know, him uh, should have drank enough uh, a V8 anyways, <laughs> instead anyways. It's just like that makes so much sense. Yeah. Every time I wake up hungover, that's what I think. <laughs> you know? uh, Dave is like, day. I stopped doing 40 ounces for breakfast. I moved to Jack Daniels. I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm growing up. Yeah. A beautiful uh, song. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Gift of Gab. Oh, um, one of my favorite episodes ever that we did was with him. Yes. Um, you know, before his passing, R.I.P., and just one of the greatest dudes ever. Uh, one of the greatest songs from one of the greatest dudes ever. Yeah, the the melodica um, yes. EP, it's so epic, so foundational to me. Black Alicious, being from kind of Davis, Sacramento area, which is a couple hours from here, um, I just remember feeling like, again, and I've said this on this show several times. You know, if if Gab is from Brooklyn, Gab is a is a household. If Gab is figure. from Brooklyn, he's Big L. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know Big L was from Harlem. Don't come yeah. after me. I'm just saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. No, absolutely. He, he, he by would, rapping ability. Yeah, by Charisma. Rapping. Right. And, right. And which he had up until he died. His last tour, mm -hmm. people were like, you have to come see this dude rap. Right. Like, the, right. the Breath Control, uh, on my first EP, uh, the Lackadaisical EP, that's what they were like, oh, you think you're Gift of Gab. Mm. And I was like, I wish. <laughs> I wish I could. Um, yeah, this this record for me is great. One of the great cautionary tales. And, and yes. the reason why yes. it, it speaks to Dave's heart is because there's no hook. Like, there's no <laughs> hook. It's just an instrumental hook. Yep, the instrumental hook. There is no hook. singing on this yeah, song. And, there's no, and there could have been, and it right. would have ruined it. Right. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like right. it's There's so many different ways this could have gone wrong. They could have, like, started talking about Edward Forty hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They, no, there, there's so many. It's a, they left enough space for you to fill in your own experiences. Absolutely. That's totally. I think that's the beauty of it. And shout out to Chief XL, a completely underrated um, producer, because he's done a lot of things under a lot of different monikers and guises. But um, for me, High Tech and Chief XL have always been kind oh, of equivalent. They good, both do these call. really soulful, melodic um, beats that really um, inspire and um, are held in a high standard to a certain class of underground head that's hard for me to describe. But it's like the dude who goes to all the shows. I'll describe for they you the underground those. head. It, yes, it connects please. to something I, I wanted to shoehorn in, but thank you for the smooth segue. Uh, Little Brother has a new documentary out called um, May the Lord Watch. It's very well made. Features like nine people who have been on this program. So that's, <laughs> that's really fun for me. But they talked about who they were trying to be when they were just breaking through. And they were like, Slum Village, Tribe Called Quest. Black Alicious. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and their whole trajectory, they they their first tour is with Hyro. Ian Davis is in the 
is in the uh, documentary. It's oh, really word. cool. But it's just very interesting to see because I'm always like, how how far were the ripples of yes. something like this? And to know From that Davis that, to where the Carolinas yeah. um, in that you know lyric heads in in an early internet age were still able to find and be inspired by that work. And obviously Fonte Coleman, one of the the great rappers of our time. Luckily right? for them, they had a genius. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I thought that was really interesting, but I could see it immediately if you listen to a Nia or something. Yeah, and you listen to Little Brother. So I, right. I, I just thought if that you, was if interesting. you do the listening. To Nia. <laughs> uh, I just want everyone to know that when we were making these lists in the Google Doc, Dave wrote 40 ounces of freedom, <laughs> and we fucking clowned him for like three days for wanting to talk about Sublime. And so that's just a little peek behind the curtain of how the magic is made. Bad fish uh, punchline. He doesn't practice Santeria. But <laughs> My favorite reggae singer. <laughs> Number 39. Dr. Birds by Griselda. So first you right brick on my brick on my brick. Right brick on my brick. So first you right brick on my brick. Um I think this is a, a good call. Griselda for us in this podcast, we kind of discovered that kind of together. We Nate, did. I think we discovered it together. We, yeah. we, we, uh, it emerged in real time as a phenomenon in underground rap music, and it was incredibly exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. When the first, um, when I think, uh, this is how I would phrase it, when West Side Doom came out, we were puzzled. Right. We were Didn't like, get it. this is, is he the next Bishop Nehru? Yeah. Like, that was the time when that was coming out. Now that record's worth like 80 kajillion dollars or whatever, That's but I, I didn't get it certainly at the time. It took me a while. It took me until Tana Talk 4 to appreciate what uh, Griselda was doing, and this could have very easily been Rubber Bands and Wait or, yeah. or any yeah. other number of songs. West Side Gun has put out like, I think it's probably safe to say 12 good albums since yeah. <laughs> in this, in this run. Yeah. He, he was incredibly yeah. prolific in a while. We've stayed away from talking about the new record. It just doesn't matter what we think about it. Um, but we wanted a song that encapsulated the whole crew and that um, we could just kind of get in our, our takes and our thoughts on Griselda. And it's so exciting when something new that sounds classical yeah. comes out right. and yes. their voices contrast each other so well. And the fact that they were family was really interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah. we've never had access to them. We never really had a chance to um, speak to them, but we've talked a lot about them. So we want to talk about them a little bit here. Yeah, I feel like especially this project, um, when they all came together, um, brought out the best in in each of them. I mean, there's over the whole Griselda cinematic universe, I think uh, West Side Gun has the best kind of individual projects. He makes the best projects. Yeah, he no makes doubt. the best projects, but I feel like on this one and in, in the song, Dr. Birds specifically, it's almost like a coming out party. Yeah. It's like they were this underground phenomenon and now they're kind of stepping on a bigger stage. I want to say they did like Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon show with this song, which is hilarious to do a 74 <laughs> BPM <laughs> boom bap crack rap song on Jimmy Fallon. But if like, only there was some band who could help them figure it, it out. out. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was it was working, and to me, this is them kind of like uh, an all star game record. They're just totally. kind of like tossing it around, uh, having a good time, and I remember just being really really hyped about this record in particular because right. they had a, like kind of a pre-buzz. Uh, Netflix is coming out with a show or has come out with a show that's about Griselda, the woman the who was like person. a drug yeah, lord. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my wife the other night, we're like sitting there, I'm like taking my can of sparkling water to the recycling or whatever. And she's like, oh, look, uh, they made a show about those rap guys you like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that Benny, the lady? <laughs> Benny's Barbershop or what? <laughs> uh, but anyway. If there is no Griselda in that fucking show... <laughs> I'm, we need to collectively harass whoever the music director is. That's super This is funny. such a fucking layup. Like, oh. they better not fucking First it shooting scene. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. They go to a meat market, there's a butcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with some butcher. a machinist, it's Conway. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember when this album came out, I wasn't the, the hugest fan because I think this was the first one where. They didn't use samples as well. Yeah, right. yeah, they had to because they wanted to get level right. up in their career. They uh, Derringer and Beat Butcher did things like they had played out and then sampled themselves. Okay, I it was yeah, that okay. kind of yeah, yeah. But you could tell. I, yeah, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember this not, beat not sick, liking though. it, but um, re-listening to this, and also it makes me want to re-listen to it again. And this yeah. is really like um, they're really good, like um, together and apart. You know, it shows their individual strengths and. Um, I was able to talk to Benny like right around the beginning of when we started the podcast, and just to see like his career ascendant is ridiculous. And this song is really like on some Voltron shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot I could say. Well, there, I have a lot of takes about Griselda. I'm kind of not interested in them anymore, and that's how fast rap moves. And they've moved away from wanting to be liked by people like me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they he was the, wants to be ringside at AEW and um hang out with Rick Ross and I, like I, more I power think, to him. You know I what think I mean? West Westside Gun is still uh he's split personality when it comes to this. Right. I think he's his new record is exactly like I'm going to give half of for the Nate LeBlancs and the Damone Carters of the world and then kind of looking forward to making really boring trap music. But um I feel like he still has one foot um, in that world, whereas Benny is trying to position himself, and I haven't liked too many of Benny's. I feel like I really recent. overrated Benny as a writer, and he has put so much, which I respect, into bringing his protégés and his crew along. <sighs> um, but like, I'm just not interested, and I'm not yeah. going to be interested. And um, Conway, it's it's always the same. Lately. He's a machine. He's, he's a, a machine. He's just a machine. He just <laughs> keeps doing. Benny kind of butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's fine. There's still a ton of good music, and right, you can go right. back and listen. And there's a, a, a funny anecdote um, from when I was hanging out with um, someone who runs a very popular rap blog that me and Dave have written for many times, um, and they do a very uh, popular year-end list. And he was, uh, they were talking about how they have to make some editorial decisions about who's going to be at the top of the list every year because if it was just off sheer votes, West Side Gun would win every year. Every year. <laughs> yep. And I've, I've thought about that so much since yep. that person who shall remain nameless said that to me. And then my last little joke about this is, I think they think Griselda as a whole thinks that street dudes are hella bumping their records, and maybe they are. I don't know. That's not my life. But there's a, probably a lot more people listening to Doctor Birds wearing all birds. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. Totally. Uh, totally. Dante Ross said this in, in our chat with him. He's like, "You guys think Griselda's on on, but like I see the numbers, and I think it's it's." Has it got as big as it's going to get? We'll see. But they're definitely trying to get somewhere else that is going to leave us behind a little bit. But we'll always have Dr. Birds. Yeah, totally. And, you know, in today's in today's streaming culture, um, I, we can always go back to Conway's last 15 EPs he drops yeah, every if week. if you want. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's totally. I'm sure they're consistent and great. But I just yeah. right now, yeah. I'm going to rage against the machine right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
Number 38, A Little Something, Casual, featuring Del the Farmer. Yeah, I will display my dynamics, get out the way, damn it. I plan it just to leave them seas abandoned. Brandon X's when I flex this. I wreck shit and leave rappers searching for the exit. This is a little bit of a cheater. Uh, we had to do this when the, we were closing the balloting. Um, I wanted to find a song that had Dell and Casual on it because I want Dell and Casual on this list. It's a very good song. I listened to it a couple of times on the way over here. Um, it's it, This is not like a, oh, my God, I love this song. I grew up listening to this song. I, di I did. I like Fear Itself a lot, but I don't know if I was thinking about this song as like the end-all, be-all. But I, w I loved our conversation with Casual. He did not like it when I said he sounds so Oakland that it sounds like he's from the South. <laughs> And it's one of many times in an interview where I did one of my weird observation things, and the person was like, no, <laughs> no, that's not how that is ah, at all. SWAT. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, and we've talked to Dell multiple times. We just did a big episode on Dell and No Need for Alarm. Dell is a foundational artist for us. And um, it, I actually, when I was listening to this on the way here, thought, this song is so modern. This is how mm. rap music is made now. It's like, it's like a minute 40, mm. yeah. and like they just put on a beat and rip it. Yep. Two long verses. Yep. No one's super worried about construction. There's no hook. Right. And I'm just like, okay, perfection. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Chef's kiss. On to the next. Oof, oof. Casual is so awesome. I mean, just us bringing up uh, Blockhead earlier. I mean, he's still amazing now. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, he's one of those examples of rappers getting better or, or at the very least not falling off. And um, just love him. And it's so funny because he's so casual. Hey. Right? That's he's weird. So, he's so nonchalant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's his, his French name nonchalant. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Casual, I think, to me, um, and Blockhead said this, and I, I, it's been spinning in my head. He's like, I don't think anybody's ever gotten consistently better um, 94 on in the way that casual has. And and there's a that's I, I've been kicking that around in my mind and there's a really strong argument. Um I what I love about casual though is that even as he's progressed in age and over time, he could be more of an insufferable dick about how good he is. And I won't name rappers, but there's some rappers that are just like, I was good at a time. Like you must worship me. Um <laughs> he's really chill about it. Um and he's his his nuances, the way that um his vocal inflections and everything have just aged perfectly, and he's just gotten a tick better every year, all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's great to see him recognized on, on Blockheads the Ox. Um, and going back to this, which, well played, Nate. I had completely forgotten about yeah. this song until I it's, read. It's pretty good. Usually yeah. doesn't do it again. No, it's until good. I read the yeah. thing, I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, good one. Um, I'm listening to Merz's um, podcast. It's called Best Rapper in L.A. And it's really, he goes album track by track, album by album through his cr crazy long career. And yeah. I'm on his second record, Good Music, right now. So I haven't listened to the whole thing or anything. If it falls off a cliff, I don't know if that happens later. But one of the things that's really funny about it is Merz is very open and honest and one of our favorite guests and someone we've developed a bit of a relationship with. And... Uh, it is hilarious because he doesn't name names necessarily, but he actively talks about the people he doesn't like oh. in underground rap mm -hmm. and like who's a fucking fraud. And it, there was one hilarious part where him and Safir were at the side of a stage at Maritime Hall talking about this guy who everyone in this room knows is a coward. And like they really got into <laughs> the, the thing of the word coward and what it means. And I was just like, 
I want to know who this is so bad. <laughs> I'm like, can I text? Am I on the level to text? I didn't think I was. Okay. But next time I see him, you gotta ask him. I'm gonna ask him. Um, so it was funny, and um, I just wanted to th- something you said r- reminded me earlier. You're like, there's the, the insufferable people. Like one of the rants in the thing I was just listening to on my lunch break today is like uh, people who say they're righteous. But then he was like, but then they're out here fucking white girls and they like live (laughs) off of their fans and like they're just they're just bad people. They're shitty people. And he got so disillusioned with in particular conscious underground rap because so many of the people he met who made it were dicks were a piece of shit. And I'm like, that hasn't been our experience, but we usually talk to people for half an hour and like absurdly praise their best work while we're doing it so right. we don't we don't really get in deep with that but there's a whole underbelly to this shit interesting we're, we're aware of it but we try not to get in those muddy waters but anyway yeah. it's just something i've been thinking about today because merce is I, it's like i really want the unbleeped version with all the names because right. it'd be so interesting to hear what he's talking about but anyway that's an aside next one is excursions by tribe called quest Back in the days when I was a teenager Before I had status and before I had a pager You can find the abstract Listen in the hip hop My pops used to say it reminded Back in the day before I had a podcast <laughs> <laughs> Best song ever I used to wear tiny hats and listen to broadcast <laughs> Game over Nice, nice <laughs> And scene um, just what I mean w- with Tribe, I mean it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean you can just pick so many iconic songs that mean so much to the world and also mean so much to you. Um, but this specifically, I love a sense of history. I love a song that starts off a cappella before the drums come in. Yeah, and just literally all of that. This song encompasses everything I like about um, kind of hip hop music in general. You know the 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 sort of uh, cognizant history of it too. Just yeah. the way he starts yeah. and and everything about it. Um, that's an easy go-to for me when it comes to tribe. To to my mind, uh, the best first track on in Ooh. in the tribe canon, um, and also yes, to your point about you know he's he's rapping to you about how he was schooling his dad. Yes, on on how that hey, hit th- super close to home for me. I've had many it. conversations like this with my dad who likes zero rap songs, totally. but listens. Right? But but in, in drawing <laughs> the connections, right? Like things go in cycles, the way that I Bobby Brown is just effing right. like Mike. And Q-Tip will give you a bar like that and just kind of keep going. Right. Yeah, and just- But then it comes to define my entire life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's As fleetingly th- profound, it, you know? No, that perfect, perfect. Um, it's almost an abstraction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not quite. <laughs> Uh, I love excursions in part because of the uh, the last poets um, sample, which which I think is underappreciated, and I'm not sure who we sh- who the credit is due to, but that whole thing has a whole like very active bongo part under it. Also, we talked to the last poets on this program, and you should listen sure. to it. You Episode sh- sixty nine, no puns. It was too respectful of a conversation for those puns. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like uh, that piece in particular time keeps running and passing passing and running that that sense of like timeliness and its tribe situating themselves within the history of black music and saying and just a way to start an album which is like a theoretical exercise right like he's this album is literally them uh working out this theory uh just an amazing way to start uh we're running over time like horrifically so i'm just gonna say baseline number 36 
Confucius by Rock Marciano featuring Ka. Demigod, without the semi, still plenty hard. Evoke opium, so quotes, many not. Bread and gutter, I always should be. Better than butter, I'm uh, Again, a little bit of a cheat track. Uh, we wanted to get Rock on here. We're, we've never gotten a chance to talk to Rock Marciano. Rock Marciano's style, his second style, his post-UN right. style, his solo style, his Marsburg style, defines contemporary underground hip-hop. Most of the stuff we cover lives in the shadow of what Rock Marciano yep, has done. Absolutely. Someone should write the book someday. Uh, Maybe if even any us. agents are listening, yeah. <laughs> we're available. Uh, we would love to talk about that. Um, this is not music that has sold incredibly well, but it's incredibly um, just profuse throughout uh, uh, you know, the, the highways and byways of the people who care about right. the lineage of rap music. So, um, And also... There was a time when I thought more of like um, Ka and Rock as um, contemporaries and like more than contemporaries, like uh, the chicken or the egg of, oh, this, of this slow, crystalline sure. um, style, this monastic right. kind of style, Great, right? So um, I don't know who did what first. I don't know exactly where things come in. If somebody wanted to have us research it, we would. But um, this track has both of them doing their thing. Um, it's incredibly paced and um, rocks slow flow and his uh, lack of interest in drums, though this track has drums and his um, just taking everything and just like it's like driving through a neighborhood incredibly slowly, mm. like slow enough so you can notice like that guy left their TV on and right. like, oh, that right. guy has an interesting right. couch and like, oh, they painted their door red. That's kind of cute. It's right. just like you just notice all the little things about life when you slow it down a little bit. And Ka is like in the forest, like building a fucking fire with his bare hands <laughs> and just like getting down to the elemental like this is fucking magnesium of life. It's just it's crazy how uh, well paired they are and how much um, they've brought to the game. And sadly, we've never been able to talk to either of them. We've talked to them to about them a bunch and we got pretty close on rock marciano do you want to tell the story real quick yeah so uh dave and his genius uh lined us up an interview with flea lord and rock marciano rock had just produced all the beats uh, the, for the for, new flea lord for the record. flea lord record and so me and nate in the middle of a work day we're like we're gonna talk to rock marciano we're gonna talk to rock i mean i like flea lord too don't get me wrong but so we're just sitting there, and then Flea Lord kind of comes on super apologetic, like so nice, so nice. It's like this guy who gargles razor blades <laughs> comes in. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm really sorry, you guys. Like, oh, it, we we couldn't work it out, you know. But next time, and I got your number, and it's I was just like, this guy is so polite, dude. It's he, crazy." He, he processed our disappointment that Rock wasn't going to be there. I was like, we'll interview you, dude. Like, it's no, fine. we could have done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was like, no, no, him. no. He's like, I'm not going to – he's kind of like, I'm not going to bait and switch you. I know you wanted um, Rock to be here and, and whatever. Like, you know, um, so I felt like that – the reverence for, for Rock Marciano, who I was super late to. Like, you guys put me on – when we started doing this, I'd never heard Mar Oh, Mar is that right? Mm -mm. I didn't know that. Mm -mm. I was like, oh, okay. I still worked at the record store and Marsburg came out. And uh, one of our really good customers was like, you didn't order Marsburg by Rock Marciano? You guys like, like he was like looking at me like, you fucked up. Idiot. And I did. That was my account. <laughs> yeah. Fat Beats was my account. I, I didn't clock it. I didn't, I didn't, I either missed it on the sheet or I didn't know what I was doing or whatever. But he's like, okay, I'm going to the other record.
record store. You better have that by the time next time I come in. Yeah. I was like, if this dude got that mad about this thing, it has to be good, and it was. <laughs> uh, kind of defi- like you said, defining of of a sound of what rap has come 100. to be. I kind of think about both uh, Rock Marciano and Billy Woods as like Rock Marciano is like cool Keith with like uh, a brick of cocaine, and like. <laughs> Uh, Billy Woods cool is like cool <laughs> Keith, uh, a cool Keith reading Fanon. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, just stylistically, uh, the, they, th- this rambling style that I think me and Dave were getting super drunk and I was talking about this. Um, it's the mastery of meter. Rock Marciano goes outside of the, the bracketed lines in this really super cool way that like, um, as a rapper, I'm like, oh man, that that's it. Like you, you've broke the game a little bit. You learn how to like bend time. And then I think in a in kind of conversely, um, Ka took MF Doom's huskier, more understated thing and that. just perfected it. I can like, see that. Like he took that whole vocal tone and range, which um, I, I just finished the uh, 33 and a third Mad Villainy book, and it talks about how. Uh, how Doom went back and re-recorded shit because uh, Zeb Love X has a much higher register. Much. Right. Yeah, and so he he went to, and I remember when I first heard these, I'm like, okay, is he like, did he gain weight? Like, he sounds... Yes. Yeah, he sounds huskier, <laughs> right? Um, Cobb, not husky, but he, he brought that uh, quiet bedroom rap, but always super compelling, and he has, like, the three-card Monty style where, like, he's, like, taking the rhyming word and switching it in places that's just... Yeah, brilliant. So Confucius say, listen to song? (laughs) (laughs) So glad you made that joke. (laughs) Had to, had to. I was going to let Nate make that joke. (laughs) Saved me. Hilarious. Uh, Next song, Let Me Watch. Victor Vaughn featuring Apani B-Fly. My cousin's friend, friend want to meet me. Saw V on TV, said she needs a sweetie. Heard he was the type to do her name in graffiti And greet her with a kiss Straight gentlemanly steed A G Whatever's meant to be is meant to be She can slip a One smile One of my favorite duets as well um, Really glad to get a chance to talk about this um, And uh, and again with Doom I mean, geez, I mean We can go on for days about well, This could have been anything. a top 50 Doom songs list Totally Very easily Also just top 50 duets list And yeah. and, and what strikes me about this And we also had Apani on the show And she was just lovely And big fan of the of, of hers in general. I love her like sparse career where like she just drops a verse every three years and it's great and yeah. memorable. Um, but this song is certainly not a phoned in duet. You know what I mean? No, they're both like really telling the story. Totally. Yeah. And, and you, it, you have and, to and sit it, together to do that. Totally. You cannot FedEx verses like this. 100%. These. I don't think. I mean, 100%. I, think I know. They're all, they did. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Uh, but it doesn't feel like that. He was writing it and she was like, oh, let me watch. <laughs> But Whole it's so reversal. It's so lovely. It's just so lovely. It, there's so many details to it. Um, it's heartbreaking. It's 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 rude. You know what I mean? It's it's doom. You know? Yeah. It, it's it's all of that. Yep. And, and, and it's Victor, who's a teenager. Right. Right. It's, right. Like, the, it's like he's like a kind of the teenage drug dealer. Like right. He uh, in like lactose and lecithin. He talks about like keeping the drugs in his locker and stuff. Ugh. Like there's just the Vic, the first Victor Vaughn album is so great. And I it's think so for great. a long time it was kind of underrated. And now people understand. Yeah. Like to understand Doom, you have to understand this character. Right. Right. I mean, it's a facet of him. Right. And yeah, just uh, love this song so much. And the production. I mean, I. 
I know it's not an, an electronic production, but the sort of the way it sounds to me kind of is. It's so clean. You know what I mean? Totally. The, and the whole thing is kind of marred, if you will, by like the glitchy of the time yes, production. Totally, but on totally. this one, they took it in a slightly different direction, almost like a kind of lullaby-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, totally, um, the, totally. I, the, there's like uh, those, I don't know what they are, those little blips that ring out through the song that are so pretty. Totally. 100% Nate and and uh you know lyrically wise I mean it goes from like wholesome to gross yep. and and it's great uh you know cuz that cuz that's life which with, with, but that's kind of the the doom spectrum right yes, it can be yes. really cute if you go back to the KMD stuff like it can be downright fucking cute totally yeah exactly <laughs> it can be really cute and endearing or like uh scatological right like right, right. so i i feel like um part of the brilliance of doom is he would just throw you a nugget like this Every so often, he'd get a little topical. He'd do uh, uh, something like this. Um, you know, it, it makes me also think of a fancy clown when he, he'd get in the relationship bag and give you a little bit and kind of just and just move on. Um, but it doesn't feel like the girl song. That's what oh, I always loved about this. It doesn't. It right. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. If anything, it feels like a doom song. Yeah. Because yeah. he reveals himself at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and uh, and Apani is um, in rare form here, and as uh, Dave said, she's had such an interesting career. I just got back from a trip to Japan, and I was ha- I was stressing out about which records to buy because I only have so much room in my suitcase. And one of the records I did end up buying was a Nujabe's record oh. with her um, featured on there, and they did a lot oh, of wow. work together. Okay, and um, they have some really good songs, and um, I'm like hoping for her. I'm like, did she get flown to Japan? Yeah, that would be so tight for her. If yeah, she got flown out to work on. This. I mean, the timing it might have been. It might have been. Yeah. I don't know how that went. Maybe we could yeah. reconnect with her someday. Having her on an early episode of the podcast, I think, really help us establish our direction. And I just want to kind of say this for the record: we say it every so often, but one of the things the podcast has end up being is we put the best of the late '90s, early 2000s underground up with the best of the golden era, the '80s, yeah. yep. 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 stuff that's coming out now. There's been quality music through all different kind of facets of industry if you will i hate that term or time period but quality is quality great writing is great writing um song making is the most important thing and then as i as i'm going through the list i keep coming across these things this fucking song is hilarious totally there's totally. so many there's True so doom many fashion. great tr- doom is one of the funniest um rappers who ever lived and knew like when to puncture the moment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then sometimes when to puncture the girl <laughs> Number 34, The Cookout, Crime Apple. Just another summer day in NJ, bro. The purple haze blow, mixing with steak smoke. Everybody show up, bringing beer by the caseload. My uncle sweating, aguardiente antoqueño. Where's the cooler? He looking for a trove of diamonds. Crack it open, see the honeys and Corona shining. Happy thug day, the sun brought the hood out. Chewing uh, I love this song. I love a narrative song. Um, I think um, Crime You love Ap- a stabbing. I love a stabbing. <laughs> if anyone knows me knows. <laughs> Um, I live for a stabbing. No, um, we there. We've talked about this many times. We've probably we've talked about this more, more than the seven minutes of interview we got. But we talked to Crime Apple very briefly. His phone lost its battery Supposedly. or whatever. We never reconnected. It's one of the great what ifs in show history. <laughs> and uh, well, I think Crime Apple thought we were herbs. I'm gonna. I'll sure. say it right here. Crime it's, Apple thought we were herbs, and he wasn't wrong. <laughs> He doesn't want to talk to us. This is how this interview went, and this has been crystallized down to this moment. I think Dave asked him. He's like, "Oh, you're so you're so like you you're so good with words. Like, what have you been reading lately?" And he's like, "Uh, World Star captions." (laughs) He's like, "I don't read books, dude. Like, we wanted to have like a 
talk with him as a writer. Right. Yeah. And he's right. like a street MC who raps in Spanish and English. And he's gone on to have a really interesting career. I still check in with his albums and EPs from time to time. He's really, really good. I like him a lot. Um, I've kind of lost track. There was a time where I was following his career really closely. This is from a, one of his first ever things. And it's just a really funny, awesome family-oriented story song, a very dad body yeah. kind of yeah. uh, track in that way, which a lot of people think we're talk about parenting. We don't. No. Uh, very Fuck occasional asides about <laughs> Damone's kids, but like <laughs> me and Dave don't even have kids. We're perpetrator parents, as Merce called us. And uh, we're here to celebrate artistry in rap music and have nuanced discussions, and we were not able to have a nuanced discussion with Crime Apple that night, but that's okay. And this is still one of the songs that forms the basis for what we're all about, and um, he's, he's really fucking talented. Yeah, when I think about Crime Apple, I sort of think about like sort of our early years because we we're. I mean, he was just killing it like every week. Yeah, and um, I I really like uh, that you brought this song up because I because ha- I had forgotten it, and yeah. it's so visual, and it's such mm-hmm. like a like a slow builder, and it's so summery, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which I didn't think about. I love the production on on this so tough, and it's just That's like big a, ghost, yeah, a great Is it? great yeah. series of vignettes of just what happens at this barbecue. It's brilliantly done. Yeah, I I really. I continue to to check for Crime Apple. I think you know we just talked about Rock Marcy a, a few things ago, and this is like kind of the Rock Marcy Latin. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that as a diss. He brings in he he uses the Spanish language. Yes, he has a whole Spanish language album with mugs that's really interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I the cookout is what kind of brought me into the the Crime Apple world, and I always like when somebody can bring you into a slightly different world like i've heard a thousand story raps but none that were like and then hector laveau plays and then a hector laveau <laughs> salsa joint came on yeah and i was like oh okay this now i'm in something different it's kind of similar to makami like you're you're bringing me into a different cultural space through a uh, an art form that i know very well right um and i think this song does a great a great job of that and uh he did think we were herbs um <laughs> and i didn't love that but i was like all right <laughs> All right, bro. Um, We're the yeah. 11 secret herbs and spices. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Special. The Herb Alberts of the crew, right? Herb Alberts. <laughs> Tijuana Dads. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Herb McGruff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, number 33, Iron Galaxy. Cannibal Ox. Crackhead stand adjacent. Anger displacement. Food stamp arrangement. You were a stillborn baby. Mother didn't want you, but you were stillborn. This one, this one stands out to me because it's sort of the crux between the uh, genre-defining a song as well as LP's Rise. Yeah. And I know that you can go back and listen to um, a Daylight by Aesop Rock or, you know, or, you know Smoke and Mirrors by... Um, RJD2 or something that sort of defines the Def Jux era. But for me, it's this song because I still think I want to hear it when it comes on. And to me, this was one of the first times where I'm like, whoa, LP's a whole-ass producer. I like the production on Fun Crusher, of course, but this was sort of when he started to make his mark with me. And um, in terms of, like, you know, we always ask the question, what is timeless and what is of its time? Yeah. This is of its time but has a timeless quality. And I think if, if we're talking about de- uh, defining that era, um, for me, this is the cut. Yeah, I feel like um, Cannibal Ox is the through line from the era that, that LP and that kind of whole 
Def Juxian thing to where we are now with Arm and Hammer. We all know Vord Omega has is is an important part of Billy Woods' origin story, but just even sonically, I think um, there's these artists that like poke a hole um, through, and then artists come behind them and kind of like really expand it. So I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't the biggest Cannibal Ox fan. Um, I got into that bag, Nate. You understand this, where I felt like Def Jux fans were really annoying. And and oh. and so it made me kind of want to. So we were. You went wrong. You went wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't listen to Jay Z. I'm like, okay, okay, relax. Yeah. Um, but now we've learned, like, literally to a person, every single artist on Def Jokes <laughs> was listening to Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, we were wrong. Um, I think um, they're it, it's lightly science fiction. It's b boy shit. It's um, again body. Yeah. You know, there's a bodiness yeah. to it. Um, one of our funnest interviews we ever did was oh with Vest Air. Yes. Um, an incredible yeah. moment in our His podcast hat. history. <laughs> just just the hat alone. Yeah. He, was, he was in the studio. There was just a, maybe our most energized interview. Totally. Yeah, totally. And just and I know um, Vast has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way over the years, and Vortal is kind of the person who, like, really carried the lyrical weight. I've always really liked Vast's um, just, like, his – the pregnant pauses in between yes, his spaces totally. and his words and how clear everything was and how interesting yeah. things have to be when you don't have the tricky flow to fall back on to entertain mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. I've thought a lot about this kind of a regular guy rap kind of styling. Um, and I, I like both guys in Cannibal Ox. I really like this Cannibal Ox record. It's a huge record. Um, and I think LP becoming kind of like the, the last indie superstar yeah. with Run the Jewels. Um, it doing his version of Cannibal Ox with Killer yeah, Mike is so yeah. interesting. There's so many resonances and rhymes um, in the way those stories have played out. And um, I know there was a lot of bad feelings with all, a lot of that stuff. We've talked to some people about it. We've heard a lot about it behind the scenes. But you know what? They made some great music. And this was an era-defining thing for me. Um, this was kind of the last time um, a new backpack thing came out in, the, in that time where I was like, okay, we're still going. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep right, rolling with this. Right. I'm not gonna turn to uh, retro soul yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was eight right. months off. Like right. you, like uh, yeah. True. Cannibal Ox is is definitely to me a, a bridge group that kind of bridges eras. It extended of, the that le- like just the, the underground the cipher era. I call cannibalize the era. <laughs> <laughs> Number thirty two. Cool Keith House and Things, Ultra Magnetic. Well, I'm sonically, high bionically. For you dummies, ironically stupid. What are you, Cupid? Um, I think Cool Keith has loomed large over this podcast in the sense that his lyrical um, sensibilities, if you will, really define a lot of things that we like. And the more, you know, as somebody who listened to over 3,000 hours of, uh, of no, 3,000 minutes of Billy Woods this year, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm struck by how those innovations that he brought to the game are still being used and still being innovated um, upon. But this really was the start of it for me, um, and it's kind of this point where uh, – his imagery, especially for that time, and I wasn't into it when it dropped. I didn't get into um, Ultra Magnetic. They they had a their second album. Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen came out, and there was this real kind of like 
I think it was in the source or something like you should know about Ultramagnetic's first album. So I kind of had to to double back on it, but I felt like just hearing him, it's it's so fast. It's the imagery is so crazy. The bar that sticks out in my mind and will always is uh, he's like, I'm gonna rip your brain off, throw it off so the blood can drain off my hands while I wave to a fan. <laughs> like I just I. I see that eight too. Yeah, like, like what? Yeah, I, I kind of you can see it. Right. It's it's Everybody's so Everybody's talking like this, and he's yeah. just doing weird shit. It's Said incredible. Said G is yeah. talking like this. <laughs> Said G. Um, but it it's one of those artists who are um, a, again pushing things forward. To me, he is the first legit. No, he's not the first. He's the second after Ramzali. But he's he's one of the first legit weirdos like this shit is weird like it doesn't actually in some it's part it's weird for weird sake but it's still dope yeah it's super dope and, and and at that time to to stake out that claim right like Dela came through and said oh okay we're bohemian keith is like you can't even there's no existing terminology for you to say even what the fuck i am like he's like i'm cool keith um and so cool keith uh housing things especially the way it starts with the the little break um Incredible, Cool Keith just put out how many records this year? Three, um, three records. The man is sixty years old, um, and he's he's still crushing it. There's a moment in um, this season of what had happened was that everyone should be listening to. It's Questlove telling Open Mike Eagle about the first four um, Roots records. It's about six episodes per record because uh, Amir just keeps making asides, and then one of these asides is that Cool Keith performed as part of the New York City Breakers at Ronald Reagan's inauguration. Shut the fuck up. Wow. And he made an excellent rap album this year with Real Bad Man that's called that's Serpent. Insane. That's insane. That's wow. fucking crazy. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Shout out to Cool Keith for uh, appearing on our show on episode 87. Yep. You Yay. know, and uh, for Dave for hosting Cool Keith's, uh, was it an advice column on yeah, Notorious? Yeah, yeah, Short-lived, but Very uh, short-lived. For, for those who know, it was epic. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody who's one of those legends who were still kind of accessible and kind of down to just like get on the phone for twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah. So I, you know, I took advantage of that as many times as I could. So really glad that he, you know, gave us his time, and really glad you brought up the song. Um, maybe my third favorite song at the album. You know, ego tripping and traveling at the speed of thought are my favorites, but um, this is just a perfect example of Cool Keith's sort of ingenuity. You know, uh, whether it, it's deliberate or not. He's the, just the, that him. The godfather of fast rap. Mm. Uh, he 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 was able to pick up the pace and not sacrifice. He's not saying like flibbity ribbity. Like right. he's not. It's not just a uh, fast rap for fast sake. I I look at a you know this this record and then you know things like Papa Large, where um, the way he's, he's he's breaking out uh, syllables and shit um, is literally the blueprint for for how you do this shit. I I wouldn't I. The way Big Daddy Kane did it and the way Cool Keith did it, we're still doing it the way Cool Keith did it. Yeah. His approach yeah. to how you how you quote unquote fast rap. This also presages your lifelong love of house music. Uh, <laughs> I'm listen, listen. When we do DBRP House Fifty, you guys just you guys just watch out. Uh, song thirty one in the DPRP Fifty. Soldier by AM Breakups and Sketch 185. I'm a new type of type. Reading the contours, I check my bank account. I'm a liar. I'm a lion. 
to bust the boot, dodge your rusty nails, pulling away all the wrong words, but still some sort of unprovable grateful, trying to figure out this, figure out this, that's just life in the city, as we line up. I, I really like this song. I, I think most people who are listening to this will probably not have an ama- like a huge familiarity with it. Everyone should definitely check it out. We'll throw a sound clip in, obviously. But the reason I wanted to bring this up in particular is I think the three of us need to talk a little bit about how much the pandemic and the lockdown defined the era of the show. Like this show yeah. got good yeah. when yeah. we had the time to make it better. We used to be trying to fit in the sessions around all of our various responsibilities. Well, we lives, yeah. In the pandemic, we got to slow down a little bit. People were more accessible to us by phone and Zoom and not touring and had time to talk and reflect. And um, in some ways, this this show is a pandemic show. Like, yeah, we, it was like we were in our long beard era, uh, yeah. except for Dave. Uh, <laughs> so this is my long beard. Yeah. <laughs> as long as my beard has ever been. Um, so the reason I bring that in this in with that particular segue is I discovered this song in the pandemic when I was uh, getting really into Billy Woods. This is a recurring theme on the podcast. Um, I once described this show as it meant to be about classic rap music, but now it's just a show about how good Billy Woods is. Yeah, that's um, where I went. <laughs> and so I was riding my bike one day, and I listened to this AM Breakups. I really like that as a, a moniker um, and have had a few little um, email DM exchanges with the dude since then, and um, I didn't know who Sketch was. Uh, Woods has a feature on this album, and I heard this song Soldier when I was riding my bike on a Heading Avenue in uh, downtown <laughs> San Jose. It's one of the streets with a really good bike lane, and uh, I had to pull over. Yeah, I, I stopped in a parking lot and just listened to the rest of the song. Sketch wow. goes absolutely off on this, and it's funny. I talked to him for a thing that's never going to happen now, um, but I did get to chat with him for like 45 minutes once about it, and um, he told me he wrote this when he was commuting by bike. Oh. Um, through, he had, he's a bartender in his real life, and he... Um, or, you know, he raps and uses bartending to fund rapping or however you want to put that. Um, he talks about bartending his music. It's no secret. But um, I was like, I-, I don't take shit like that for granted. It's just a coincidence. But is it? Bike like, lane right. rap. Bike lane rap, dude. It's just like in like biking in New York City is intense. And yeah. Sketch is famously intense. Yeah. Sketch is a big fan of the show. He uh, before he had ever appeared on it. Um, was willing to humor me and do a little intro oh, for that's episode right. number 185. That's right. Um, he's since been interviewed because he put out a great record on Backwoods called uh, He Left Nothing for the Swim Back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just someone I'm really interested in. This is a song that captivated me at a time when I really needed things to think about. And so well, he gives you things to think about. He gives me a lot to think about. So Soldier by AM Breakups and Sketch 185. Check it out. And I believe AM Breakups has some new stuff. Um, coming out now and um, just a cool producer and a cool person and um, yeah that's soldier really glad you brought this up um, I had to go back and re-listen to it and I really like it and you know uh, we had him on the show and his voice is a certainly a standout and on this song in particular I, again I'm not saying he's Chuck D but it's like Chuck D is like the only person maybe besides Ice Cube who can sound good over um, Bomb Squad yeah, and a yep. sketch over this production just sounds perfect. Yeah, you know, and he has that voice that just cuts through everything. And and he was um, such a such a fan and student of the art form itself. It was really great to um, have him on the program. And yeah, really great to have this uh, song included. I I think when I think about sketch and and was introduced to him through you, Nate, and um and and the program in general, um, 
after talking to him, I got it. I'm not sure if I got it before, but when I'm talking to I'm like, oh, that's not a put on. Like, that's that's actually you. That's how he orders food from a restaurant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he kind of said that. He's like, this is my voice. Like, this is this is how I talk. Um poetically, and I don't use that word a lot with a lot of rappers, because a lot of times it's overused. I'm like, that's not poetic. That dude just said right. a regular, that's... Yeah. That's yeah. a turn of phrase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, that's just a couplet. Like, that's not poetic. Um, sketch, uh, I'm not going to say it's it's spoken wordy, because that, that could sound like a pejorative, but um, it approaches that for me um, in, in the best way. Um, so I, I really was... Um, it was dope to talk to him. One of my great regrets is on my October trip to New York, I was supposed to go to Diamond Dogs um, and hang out for a little bit, and I got sick on the last day, so I couldn't do it. Um, but I, I feel like there's certain artists who, even though we haven't like met met them or spent time with them, I'd be like, yeah, that would work. It's like when we met Blockhead, mm -hmm. and it w he was as cool as it's as he seemed like he would be, right? Um, from our our little interactions, yeah. and I kind of feel we just um, fuck with people who are genuine. Yeah, yeah, Sketch is super genuine. And that comes through in the music, and that's actually rare for a rapper. Rappers are, <laughs> are, are by nature, it's not genuine, right? Like, Fat Joe was on interviews going like, I lied about 95% of the criminal shit I talked about. Uh, we, uh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thing, and we really don't have time to get into a whole thing about this, is what they if they are a successful enough rapper that you've heard of them, what they spend most of their time doing is being an artist. Right. Yeah, right. They have to sit down, they have to write, right. they have to pick beats, they have to go on tours, they have to design stickers, they do mailing. You, that's no fun to rap about. Right. <laughs> so you either go like underground cats, go real imaginative, science fictive, like get out into like their uh, mind garden, as yeah. the AC alone would call it, or you do the streets thing. The, 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 the triple beams, the fucking baggies, the uh, measuring pots, the Sketch, sketch the does, does, does a great job of being in the mind garden, but not divorced from street right. um, narratives and themes. Yeah. Um, so uh, shout out to Sketch, and um, it's been good to know him through the program. Number 30, The Safe. Boldy James and Sterling Tolls. Twas the nightmare before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was staring, not even a mouse. The light from the Christmas tree bulbs blew and went out. On the mall to my nickels, we drugs on and out. For life, hey, New Year. All through the droughts, my own peoples wouldn't sell me nine tenths of an ounce of the shiniest bricks in the wood, glue in the dark. So limey and sticky, you couldn't pull them apart. My guy let me know where he lived on boardwalk. Through the side door, we broke in the crib with full force. A silence, a scope, and an ink when the dog barked. The silence was broken, we set the alarm off. This wiped out 911, the car dropped. That's right, when he reached any there have been a handful of interviews that we've done that um, I felt changed from the experience. And when we talked to Sterling Tolls, we've never talked to Boldy James, but talking to Sterling Tolls about uh, Manger on McNichols and hearing his theories about music and society, he said, I I'm, I'm, oh man, he said something about not being a careerist mm -hmm. um, that really just stuck with me. And so Boldy James, one of the best MCs of our time, um, you know, in a in kind of a post rock Marcy world, um, immaculate writer. He has a lot of projects out, a lot of good ones. He got a couple Alchemist joints, but 
none are as unique and interesting to my ear as Major on Nick Nichols. And this song in particular, The Safe, um, where he's talking about this deeply emotional stuff about abandonment issues with his mom. There's another rapper from Detroit who famously has issues with his mom and does it in this like <laughs> real tantrumy, you know, uh, central casting white boy well, kind of way. I never thought about it like that. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, it, it, but to juxtapose it, the safe is like uh, Boldy is expressing his hurt about abandonment, about you never came to pick me up. You left me with my little sister is crying because you you dipped. Um, but it's not done in a way that feels bratty or petulant. Like he's relaying this and he's, he's using scolding he's just telling you what happened he's telling you a story and he's he's hurt by it but at the same time it just has this like um authenticity this emotional resonance it's like the same skills that he used to tell you how he chopped up a brick and sold things you know up and down the state he uses to talk about some of his family issues which is on point for this record this record is so deep and so emotional um, I, I I love the record. I love Boldy, obviously. Um, it looks like he is recovering from the crazy car accident that he was in, oh. so that's, that's great to hear. But yeah, this record to me like stands out, and this song in particular, I remember going, oh, he's different. Like He's not just doing um, street stuff for the sake of doing street stuff. He's a musician and an artist, and then that combined with talking to Sterling Tolls about how long that record took to come together all the influences on it um was just literally just blown away yeah a uh, manger on mcnichols is a complete work of art and i would encourage anyone listening to this even if you felt like you understood it when you listened to it when it came out after all that time listen to it again yeah I totally. fun there are that. endless um layers to discover you will you will hear something new every time you listen to it and i just not to dwell on the pandemic thing too much but it is on my mind now we were all in a weird place when that came out. Yeah. And now that life has kind of got back to going again, it's it's interesting to listen to again an experience that I had because you put it on here, which I appreciate. And uh, a truly unique record that is probably one of the best underground rap records ever made, but because of the lack of uh, critical cohesion around that at the time, it's not going to get its due. We're going to fucking champion this That's record. Right. This is a great record. Right, right. I think this album is a masterpiece. Uh, to your point, um, our interview with Sterling was very memorable. Um, you know, uh, him talking about his music and his selection and his community and just, just everything. And um, Loki, like I think this album's a masterpiece. It's going to be revisited for years to come. Um, I can see why this got lost in the shuffle. I think it was like the same year as Price of Tea in China or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this is like kind of like an Alice Coltrane record with a rapper on it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's th that's so good. Perfect. Yeah, that's. Number 29, Circumcision is the First Betrayal by Nostrum Grocers, which is Rap Ferreira and Elucid. Brown sugar roll dopes, secret shows and soul folks, Nostrum Grocer already told you. My next tape of K-pop crossover, dress the bow song, chill the soul shoe, freak the hammer dance on the high sea. Now I could just kill a man, no jurisdiction. <laughs> Uh, let's start with the song title. <laughs> you Amazing. have to. Um, I didn't have time to check this in the day. I wanted to see if there are any other rap songs with circumcision in the title. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to. I'm going to bet no. Didn't make the cut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was so funny. Oh, I wanted man. to make a brist joke, but I don't, I, don't I don't have the vocabulary. That is really funny, Dave. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, basically where I wanted to take this is um, 
Under the hood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) To the neck. Um, Cut it out, huh? uh, That's so funny. So, I just want to say, Elucid and Rap Ferreira are two people who we've had a chance to interview, spend a little bit of time with, especially um, Rap Ferreira and um, people who whose artistry I really respect. And but the point I want to make in putting this on the list at this point is like, I love an abstract rap song, and we we have had the chance to hear many of them, almost to the point where I got kind of burnt out on them. Like kind th- of this year, how we're not doing Quibble Jam. It's like I I needed to clear my head of some of this stuff, but. Back when this came out, I was so excited about um, the possibilities, the team-ups, these, like, my favorite rap stars, underground dudes, like, they're going to make a whole album together. It's so It was so exciting. It was so cool. I got really caught up in, like, this as, like, kind of a movement. I'm quoted in Complex Magazine about who I think is important in art rap, and they don't even like the term art rap, and we're arguing about shit now, and, like, it was just really, really deep in this at this time, and um, th- it's a really cool project, and I think... Um, there's still a lot of room for these artists to grow, but there was a, there was something special happening right then, or at least I checked in right then yeah. with their careers when they were really coming into their own. And uh, just just a really good song. And uh, Rory also debuts the phrase, budding ornithologists oh, are uh, weary of tired analogies, which he later used for an album, album title. title. And yeah. it's like, if there was like a diction, like if you looked at me, You'd be like, that guy likes a rap song called Budding Ornithologists Are Weary of Tired Analogies. That's the kind of thing he's into. That's my whole deal. Damn. To go from Dr. Birds to Budding Ornithologists. Rap for another artist um, that, Nate, you put me on to, and I was blown away, but I do remember Nostrum Grocers in particular of being like, oh, okay, this dude's kind of the best. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he... The 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 beat palette, the kind of things that they were talking about um, were just so pushing the boundaries of what this shit could be. And Elucid, of course, is like an otherworldly Monster. artist. For, so for both of them to come together on, on such a cool rap record, which to me, I know uh, Rap Ferrer spent some time in the Northeast. Yeah, um, he at this time he had Soul, Soul Folks, Folks. Um, which was his record store and kind of like home base and it was in Biddeford, Maine. It was in yeah, it was in Maine and I for some reason whenever I hear this I just think about the, there's a the video Northeast. of them. I don't know if it's doing this song but they're driving around like the main coastline. Okay. Like, just like Elucid and uh Rory just get up out of the car and just do their verses and they like film themselves Jeez. with their phones. It's so underground, it's so great. I That's love it. It's so like much. Bob Newhart rap. Um, <laughs> uh I went to Vermont one time and um I feel like whenever I hear this, I hear Vermont like they're like pickling shit in jars. Interesting. Um, <laughs> That's and funny. it's called Nostrum Grocers. Like right. it just it has and they this. sell the jars at the gr- the general store. Or, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just That's has this whole funny. kind of um vibe that that feels geographically um I, i'm just i'm totally making this up they could have done it in brooklyn i don't know but it sounds like it, it sounds like it has that feel and that particular pairing i think is super super interesting i don't know that uh, a rap for a billy woods pairing would sound so good i think they bring out the best yeah. in each other um and that that really shows up on this record i'd love to see a a, a nostrum grocers too um more groceries <laughs> Price of inflation. <laughs> Instacart. <No. laughs> oh, 
man. Number 28, Captain Save-A-Ho by E-40. Make that nigga take care of your kids. Make that nigga call your kids his. Make that nigga get out there and work. Make his ass buy you a Julian Burke. It's all part of that nigga take care of me. I think at this point, 40 can stand for 40 years in the game. And yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, you know, he has had so many entry points. I was very lucky to speak to him briefly for Vibe Magazine a few years back. But, I mean, with him, with this song in particular, um, I remember the video, watching it on CMC. Yeah. And, we've, and we've had Chewy Gomez on the show, which is also um, amazing to have that Bay Area connection between uh, Chewy and E-40. Um, but I just remember it being so funny before I even understood it. And yeah. it's one of those things yeah. where older people would walk by and are immediately offended. And I didn't get their offense. Yeah. And, th and that was the disconnect. You know what I mean? So this song is nothing but sort of like hilarity and innocence. I mean, not something I bump all the time. But if it's on at a club, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Uh, you want to be Daved. Um, <laughs> I... I think the first uh, Click record just turned 40, um, which is, is crazy. And I remember not getting it uh, initially, but Captain save a was such a big song. It was one of those things where I thought I was too cool for it, and it just kept coming back and back and back around, and eventually it had to be like... This shit is hilarious. Um, the little the little monologue about dude, like, oh come on, baby, I'll pay <laughs> I'll pay your rent. I'll do da 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 da. Like, <laughs> so so funny, so Bay Area. I think it captures everything that's dope about the Bay Area because um, where I feel like L.A. gangster stuff is more murderous. Yeah. Like it's hard, it's dark, it's murderous. It's from the like tree of Ice Cube. E40 started his own tree. It's wacky. Right, it's all it's right. wacky in a way, right. and it's um, like kind of goofy, and it has its own. The slang. costumes are very um, in living colorish. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's very loud and and bright and strange, as only something from a place like Vallejo, and and for folks who have never been to Vallejo, super tiny town. But um, yeah, I didn't say Vallejo. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, this this song for me is one of those that. It, it didn't grow on me as much as it like encircled me and said, you have to understand how dope 40 is. I think in order to understand the, the vibe that we're trying to put out as like hip hop pundits, for lack of a better term, you have to understand that when we were children, we liked this kind of gross and misogynistic song and we grew up to like extremely wordy, nerdy rap music. Yeah. And like along the way, we collected things and E40 just looms extremely large in our cosmos. He's someone who's like, we've just been around us. Now we see him courtside at Warriors games. But yeah, before fixture. that, he was like the first guy I ever heard of talking about a pager. Totally. That yeah. made me want to have a pager. Totally. Yeah. And like, um, first guy, I, I, I learned to say esophagus. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Th this song is an undeniable classic. It's very much part of our musical DNA. The video, the yeah. kind of lo the low budget but like high impact uh, value of a video like this is just it really defines um, a formative time for us. And um, I still think E40 is a great rapper. I think his contributions to the game are um, not completely understood because of how different it is. And um, I just I don't know, man. There's just something about it. It's um, this is that Bay Area shit, and this is almost like. Standing in for like your your Ray Loves, your Nicotinas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's yeah. just like all there's of a whole the tradition crew. Yeah, there's just there's so much music um, that came from the Bay Area that informs who we are. But even though we ended up 
kind of in a place where we're uh, valuing things with a little bit different set of values and certainly a different um, sound palette. Yeah. But this, like, but we're still saving hoes. Very. <laughs> 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 we'll leave it there. Uh, Nate, I'll, I'll I'll bounce this off you. Okay. Playing the Spotify game, um, how many streams of Captain Save a Oh, good one. Um, seven million. Thirty-seven million. Okay, good. You so know, it should be forty million. <laughs> <laughs> Approaching forty million. Uh, underrated part of E40's whole game is the development and prop in popularizing slang. Yes. Um, and in this, I Captain Savaho is also genius sloganeering. Yes. You know what I mean? It's he. he he put together a concept which had been in rap for a long, you know, oh, there's gold diggers or whatever. Sure. Um, but but yeah, his new record, um, Rule of Thumb, much better than any rapper kind of in his age bracket doing the type of shit that he's doing. Best like, 25th album ever? Uh, <laughs> 27th. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, he, I've found something to enjoy on every E-40 project I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, the last ones I really liked was the Revenue Retrieving, but there's yep. been some since then where I, I'll put it on when I'm doing the dishes or whatever. I'm like, this is really good. Ooh. Yeah, he, he's, he was so ahead of the curve that it's not the game hasn't passed him by. It hasn't caught up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, right. it's kind of a trip. Hall of Game, if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, didn't you do the lighter notes for, for the reissue? I did. Thank you. Damn. Thanks for bringing it up, sir. Yeah, that's a call to alley oop in the biz. <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, number twenty-seven, Stigmata by Luca. Catch me out in public, blowing out like Satchmo's trumpet. Heard trouble coming, I ain't running, brush it, my heater dumping off the hip. I stay equipped, will make a rapper rip. Heard he talking, lift them dogs at him, nigga, that's off the rip. Ounces flip, turn them to peace. I teach them thugomatics, pistol addict, I got a habit. Once again, Nate is the plug uh, for new music and new artists. I used to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the plug now, dog. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm the plug now. <laughs> an, an artist I learned about um, through Nate and um, one who there. There's this handful of artists who their ascent and our mini ascent have uh, <laughs> have dovetailed, and I feel like Luca is one of these artists who. Um, when he had the, this record and also like when the black hand touches you, um, he started to come into my consciousness at a time where I thought I had kind of heard all the takes on this particular sound. It's kind of like we talked about Griselda, kind of like street boom bappy stuff. I thought I, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. And I, I think it ha- must be said, I don't want to stop your flow, classicist. Yes. It, it doesn't really actually sound like how rap used to sound. It makes you feel like it sounds like how rap used to sound. It has right. it has a vintage feel, right? It's like uh, you go to the Supreme store and they have like a sleeveless shirt from the movie Kids. And you're like, that's not what it was. <laughs> That's not what it was, but you're you're evoking the feel, and I think right. Luca did that in this really interesting way. And if you look at his career arc, he did start off as somebody who could have been signed to a Griselda, and now he's just in totally. such a different place. It's very interesting. But on this particular track, he's uh, trading bars with Boldy James, and there's no drop off. And it's kind of like he understood the assignment. He's going bar for bar. Um, I'll, I'll say this here. I've said this privately a bunch of times. Um, I I even want him to sound more Memphis. You have you get a touch on this record. You get a touch of his like accent, and you're like, oh, he's not from New York, is he? Like this is kind of different. Um, 
super cool guy. He's one of the dudes that let us in on his like creative process, which always makes for an amazing interview. So I'm kind of biased in that sense. But um, yeah, this this record in particular was was super dope, and I appreciate you uh, putting me on it. Was Luca the one smoking weed during the interview? Absolutely. With us? Okay. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I, to your one point, of, when the I think, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of. When I think of Luca um, and his ascendant, I I also think of like ours. And um, yeah. Nate also hit me to him big time. And um, this song in particular, it's kind of like boldy, less burnt. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. slightly more energy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm super here for it. I'm really glad they're it's included. Um, and boldy starts off. It uh, starts off the song, and I just really like the way they traded, to your point. Uh, when we first talked to Luca, uh, Damone and I actually had like a DM, like not argument, but you guys have heard Damone and I talk. It's not arguing. We're just having a, a spirited discussion, Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily agree on points, and we're not out to convince each other of things. We're just expressing our points of view. That's one of the beautiful back and forths about – beautiful is like my word of the day. Today. It is. Just like saying that like it's a gorgeous. million times. I don't know if our DMs are beautiful. <laughs> What are you guys sending each other? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mostly pics. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, my point is, by the time we got to talk to Luca for the first time, which we didn't know how it was going to go. We never no. know how it's going to go. We have a way we want it to go. But I remember imploring him, kind of, because I was like, dog, you're such a good rapper. You made me listen to a gun song. Yeah. And that's what I think about um, when I think about like um, the wordplay of the greatest rap is like, it, it kind of doesn't matter what the subject matter is. We've touched nope. a lot on the nope. different kind of like schools of thought around different kind of rapping, but Luca has a lot of range and he can cover a lot of different things. But in particular, um, when he does delve into street stuff, he does it in a way that's really ear catching and unique. And um, it's such well trod paths, yeah. but he brings something slightly different to it. And I, I'm on record saying I think Luca should be a huge rap star and nothing uh, uh, happened to change my opinion of that. And so excuse me, it's always just interesting to see what he's going to do next. And one of the people we, we have gotten to know just the slightest bit um, yeah. from interviewing him a couple of times, trading some emails and DMs and someone I'm like super rooting for and a song like this perfectly encapsulates like, this could be at the top of the discussions on your your message boards, your hip hop yeah, twitters, like for sure. why isn't it? I never quite understand. Because he's from Memphis. Yeah, good call. Yeah, because he's from Memphis. Next song, twenty six, Adam and Eve by Nas. The ghetto will fellow the more. Oh my God, they speak venomous on the boy. Oh my Lord, my enemy is fear, and I'm sure. Oh my God, they want the end of me because I'm pure. Oh my Lord, discipline for the win. I just go for it. It's a trend for these men to die on. So this is a weird hill I'm going to die on, but uh, I love the Nasir album. I know you did. I remember us talking. Dave's the one guy. <laughs> it's like I, Dave Nas and don't even mom. like it. Yeah, um, yeah you, you and Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only place where they align. <laughs> but yeah, I remember us talking about this on Call Out Culture, and and Zilla Rocket being like, "What? What? I'm not going to even. I'm not going to even. Oh no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, dignify yeah. that with yeah, the response." Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, to this day, I, it's one of my favorite Kanye beats. I love the weird Turkish guitar sample, the way it's slowed down later. I love the way Nas's voice is captured. And yeah, I'm a fan of the EP. And um, I think this kickstarted Nas's uh, sort of later career. That's an interesting point. Right so think after about this, it. he goes on a tear. He goes on a tear. Yeah. So he's like, let me get rid of this weirdo and get <laughs> Hip Boy. <laughs> and then I'll make like 17 albums that are pretty good. Let me get a mentally stable version of Kanye, <laughs> Hip Boy. 
I yeah. think I think um, I don't know what the streams are, but I think in um, time will prove that this is a an album that people appreciate because I certainly do. And you know, again, I mean, I'm the first to be like, get the fuck out of my face, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I still really like this album, but this song in particular is a standout on a album to me that is standout. But I know that people hate Dave. <laughs> Dave, weren't you? Weren't I thought about this today? Weren't you the person that called King's Disease One reasonable gout? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That, we made that joke at my bar. Oh yes. man, yes. the uh, man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Dave fucking Ma. That's funny. Um, I don't know that that anybody um, on you know west of or east of E40 um, has had. A, such a good f- run in their 50s. Yeah. Um, you know, Nas, Nas just cracked 50s, a little bit older than me. Um, and while I don't love this album in particular, or, you know, if you put or all... Or have th- ever listened to it since <laughs> uh, the Wyoming weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was trippy. Um, I do feel like I like that Nas is still... He's still punching, man. Like, he's still 100%. out there. He's trying to. Um, he's trying to make good rap songs and succeeding in spurts and I feel like um I hope that more folks do this than say, you know, start a fucking baritone flute quartet or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um <laughs> keep keep pushing forward with the fucking crap. This shit doesn't die out because you're not twenty two. I, I just I I really feel it's that a very strongly. Very silly notion that needs to end. And if we could do some small part in putting that to rest, totally. I would be very happy. Yeah, it's so goofy. Uh, Jay Z today turned fifty four, um, and like he could drop something tomorrow if he really wanted to, right? In the right situation with the Five, right thing. Five four four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Nate. We had we had to have a discussion over what Nas yeah and thing I, to include, I wasn't right? sure what the prompt was for either so I just blindly was like okay I'm I, glad we ended up here I love how much you love this song I me too I, me I've, too I've been in I've been in a lot of discussions about this song and this album and this is kind of like the if you know you know of the Nas record right yeah it's like there's a clear standout song yeah. that's better than the other ones not that they're the the uh, uh, you know push a album is better than the Nas album, I think. Um, but I just think um, Nas is such an interesting character. I wanted him on the list. I wanted to talk about Nas. I don't want to talk about if Illmatic or it was written is better because it's so clearly Illmatic that we never have to have that discussion again. But <laughs> That was uh, very slick. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, it, it's just, it's hard for me to imagine modern hip-hop without Nas. Like the, yeah. the big bang of Illmatic and like the ripples of it and all the times he's disappointed everyone and made everyone so happy. And like, he's got singles that resonate throughout his career and he's been in like the highest heights and he's done well financially. Let, and let, he, let me ask you this, Nate. Yeah. Is this our Dylan? Oh, that's interesting. Where where maybe. we love him and we're bitterly disappointed with him in every moment. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's kind of interesting. And yeah. they're, they're both extremely good uh, writers it, in different it, ways. It was written. He goes electric, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but nobody is checking for 1990s Dylan, right? Yeah, you know that. what I mean. True that. Uh, time out of mind all day. I am. Um, I love, love time that out record. Of mind. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just think um, you can't have a hip hop discussion podcast without talking about Nas. No, no, and it's, it's like um, endless content. We and, could just and, sit here and, and talk and, about Nas and his like 
clothing choices and his weird marriage to totally. Khalees and just there's so much to talk about and when we you have. talk about Nas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have. That's why he kind of has to be on the list. But I w- and I think it's indicative of this podcast and who we are that we did not choose a song yeah, from Mo Yeah, totally. When asked, I put one time on your mind for there to troll you guys. <laughs> I know everybody hates that song and I love it. I don't. No, I don't hate that no, song. No. I don't hate any of those yeah, songs. Two times for the, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. Go, run the tape. I was a sale. <laughs> <laughs> on our, on I think one Adam and Eve is the springboard for his later career renaissance. Uh, no, 100%. So that's, that's a yeah. very fascinating yeah. take. I've never heard anyone say that and I just, I think people would choose to ignore this and we're not going to do that. We want to talk about it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. What are we going to talk about? Halftime? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. good to, yeah. Number 25, Rhymes Like Dimes, MF Doom. I sell rhymes like dimes. The one who mostly keep cash, but brag about the broker time. Joker rhymes like the issue just having to see me trick. Classical slaps. Y'all can't stand right here. Um, <laughs> to me, there's, again, I talked about Paper Thin earlier on. I talked about Life is Too Short. The best, best, bestest rap songs are simple. Like they're simple as fuck. You're I would say about songs audio in general. Two as well. Yeah, audio that's two. That's the simplest rap song. I would that's say so songs in general, not two. Not right. Yeah, yeah, off, exactly, yeah. exactly. Except for math rock. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like um, there's a genius in simplicity, and I think rhymes like dimes is just one of those songs that captures how simple and fun rap could be. There isn't a song that is mm-hmm. more fun than Rhymes Like Dimes. This is a fucking limerick. Like, totally. And I love that it repeats, which I don't always love, but the, the verses repeats. And, um, but the delivery is slightly different. The That's delivery, like there, yeah. There is, yeah. There is um, uh, meaning to be extracted from the different inflections. Right, right. And that's something I've rapped along with a lot, thought about a lot. This is like one of the all-time bangers of the kind of rap music that we like that people of our ilk like like this right. is an underground classic in every sense of right. the word it's, when, it's perfect when, when doom re-emerged um and those singles started to come out on on fondalum um it was an important moment because it was kind of like we had to go into the forest like our shit our shit kind of died and we had to go in the forest and kind of just wait for people to drop crumbs to be like is it still real out there <laughs> is it still happening and i feel like the fondalum releases in their various forms, there's some on there's some of these 12 inches where like I think Gas draws the first 12 inch. Doom is drunk, man. Very like, drunk. Right. Like he's super drunk and it's off kilter and it's weird. And at that time, it was like, oh shit, like this is so raw and so weird. And I think rhymes like dimes is a, a good crystallization. I'm like, yeah, you were just in fucking Bobito's crib. Totally. Right. Fucking right. fucking around. And now I was in the record store today. That I don't know if it was uh, the Gastrol Zone, but it was one of the Fondalum 12 inches. It was $115. Oh. God, you can buy a lot of Gastrols with that. Um, <laughs> a lot of gas, but probably not a lot of draws. draws that's true. That's true. Um, wow. Yeah, so I've, I've always felt like this is one of those um, songs that it, it there's something wholesome about it. There he, is. He holds his heart when he's on the rhyme. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Best song ever, dude. Best Nasty song ever. like the old time old number oh. seven. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's a great song. Um, literally perfect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would posit that we wouldn't be having this discussion if there wasn't the Bobito part at the ah, end. It's essential. It's essential <laughs> to the understanding of the song, and it is completely unrecreatable. Nope. That was they yeah. caught lightning in a bottle, or maybe yeah. butter in a mashed potato, <laughs> and like there, you just can't. 
it shouldn't work. It, it wouldn't work under any other circumstances. It has to be who Bob is as this tastemaker yes. figure who also yep. has this great voice yep. and this like infectious energy. Yep. It has to be Doom at this weird point where he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do with this new project. Yep. It has to be the Jerry Curl uh, sample. Yep. You know, right, it right. just everything about right. it is just um, pristine in its kind of ragged glory, which is a term totally. we use a lot when we talk about Doom because he leaves things rough around the edges. And like from the cover art of the Operation Doomsday to just the presentation of the music, there is joy in this incredible like you, alcoholic sadness. You mm -hmm. can see if uh, I saw Bobito spin a couple times, and when he really gets into it, he dances. Yeah. Behind the tables, and when he's, he's doing, doing his basketball tricks, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting it but crossing over the mic, forty fives. When you hear him do his part at the end, I always imagine him doing this little two step he does behind the yeah. thing yeah. when he's like yeah. uh, getting into it. So yeah, joy to that point, like pure joy. The song's magic. Yeah, you you can't. There's a uh, there's there's nothing like it. Um, all right, we've reached the halfway point. Uh, join us next week to hear about more songs we like. <laughs> For another four and a half hours? Wow. <laughs> wow. It's okay. halftime, but we're not that nasty. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dad bod rap part. Don't stop, keep on to the break of dawn.